Castro. No. What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Hey, what you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. She said that I'm cool. That's right. I'm like, yeah, that's true. That's true. I believe in G.O.D. Don't believe in T-H-O-T She keep playing me dumb I'm a player for fun Y'all don't really know my mental Let me give you the picture like stencil Falling out in a drought No flow rain was I'm pouring down See that pain was all Welcome back Link the podcast With Lanier as always And today we have Nick Man Lavi Man Lavi And Fred Jones Yeah How you guys doing? How you doing, doing alright man Yeah Glad to be here So um, You know We've had a couple of different people on the podcast before that have worked in restaurants and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but not to the extent that you guys have because, you know, they shit, your place got shut down completely, right? Mm-hmm. No, not, not, not got shut down. We, uh, of the two. Yeah, actually, no, you're right. There was two places I was working, both associated. One definitely took a really big hit from the pandemic. So we were, you know, doors were closed, period. Right. And then the other one that I got transferred to, we had a strong two months in the midst of like, you know. Things going up and down at the same time. And then Shelby County ruled that it was, you know, not safe or productive to keep things open open in like full capacity. And that hit us harder than just closing in the first place again. So we did have to close doors for, you know, as long as we could to be able to still stay open later on. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You know, there's there's a lot of people following the rules and then there's places that aren't following the rules. Right. Oh, yeah. It's disparate. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's kind of like. It's kind of like, um, you know, we went to Tampa and they were wide open, you know. Uh, then we went to Nashville. Are you really going to have the same conversation like we didn't have it before? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do that. No, 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 no. It's, not, just, the same. it's, 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 it's just, not the same conversation. We're moving to Nashville I was now. just saying we, <laughs> we we're just going to start over because we have technical difficulties. You don't have to pretend oh, like we didn't have oh, this conversation. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, uh, you're gonna put it together. <laughs> oh, he said start over. I, I honestly, I did hear this. I heard the same thing, but, uh, it, it, but, see, it, I, there was, there was definitely, you know, when you know when you have a GPS and it tells you to 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 veer right. Yeah. But then there's also a right turn. Which one is it? Exactly. Yeah. I thought you really meant to start completely over. I didn't know he was gonna fucking just spice this, it or mix it together. We'll just leave this one in. We'll just keep this one. Because the sound is better on this one anyway. So. It is better. Oh, okay. So what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about, uh, oh, just, just just the restaurant hit from the oh, pandemic. But like when I, you know, and then people not following the rules, like we went to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, when would you go to Nashville, Tony? Was it August? August. Oh, yeah. Our buddy's fashion house party, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys heard about that mm-hmm. thing. Um, we went to a bar and there was like hundreds of people in this bar partying. Uh, it was the middle of the day. And at one of the hotels, they did like a uh, hotel bar thing every Saturday. Wow. And yeah, we are in Memphis, completely shut down, can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, our friends are suffering because mm-hmm. of this and places are closing. And I was, I was like, man, what the fuck? And then I went out last night and it 
it was just like there's no COVID anymore. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and if you think of it all like on national level, like like Memphis gets the the worst rap as far as like big cities in Tennessee, and Nashville is like you know it's like a star child of of the South in many ways. But like they definitely advertise it that way. Like where do you values lie? That way? Yeah, I don't know. It's just fucking. I don't know. The pandemic sucks. It needs to go away. <laughs> yeah, it needs to go away. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I'm over it. Yeah, everyone is. Um, do you ever? Do you guys think? That you're gonna do you guys want to stay in the restaurant industry? Mm, I don't plan on staying for a long time. I, I, it, it's something that has been a distinct passion of mine for the better part of ten or twelve years, but mm-hmm. I think it's done with me in some ways. And 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 there's no doubt that I will spend my time involved with it in some capacity, but it's it's not coherent or in any way with like what I'm trying to do right now, my personal trajectory. Right. Has this year been like, um, or last year actually, has it been like kind of the wake up call mm. that you didn't ask for, but you kind of needed? It's been catalytic. Uh, yeah. It's been very much that for me. Yeah. So definitely looking at things through a lens, like I saw kind of glimmers of it before this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then now that we had the whole time and everything has been kind of thrust upon us, you yeah. know, um, I'm seeing, damn, like, even if things were to get good, this can't hold up. Yeah. I, I started to see the pitfalls of it. it's easier. Yeah. You know, funny thing is, before this whole thing began, we got laid off. I was putting in my two weeks notice at another job mm-hmm. because I was already starting to get disillusioned. Okay. And so, yeah, COVID just basically pushed that to a different yeah. medium, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny. Like, sometimes the way I look when you get fired from something or sure. somebody breaks up with you or whatever, it's like they're pushing <laughs> you in a direction you should have been going anyways. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you just need that extra push. Yeah. You know, because sometimes it's like we have this safety net, like, oh, I'm always making this money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, one day, like, say you got injured or something happened, you couldn't do that same kind of work. Mm. You got to have some kind of backup plan. True. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of it, it. I mean, that's why we started what we were doing, like what we've been doing recently with the movie and stuff is mm. that. uh, Like we had time and stuff to we had time to do the things we wanted to do, really. And we had a delayed start with mainly Fred because he's he's been ready to do this for probably two years, and yeah. we, we didn't, you know, we we wanted to dive into something I guess that shared our sort of strong points as friends. It's I mean, we've always had uh, like we we've been in, like a, we were in a metal band together when we were like seventeen. Oh really? Oh nice, yeah. That's awesome. Like and and took it to other ways. Uh, Post intro, yeah, we're working on a movie. <laughs> nice. Tell us about the movie. Well, how did you guys get into film? So I went to school for it. Yeah, kind of take that as you will. But um, basically, uh, I've always been kind of had an interest in it. I started off just doing screenwriting, um, you know, and uh, I just collaborated with other people on films. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another guy I worked with, Kevin Brooks, he's a kind of a local filmmaker. He went to Sundance, made a film with him. That was like my first really green credit on anything. And uh, from then, just looking at how the process was in post and then also visiting other film sets, you know, that friends went to, uh, you know, um, it kind of definitely struck my interest in actually making it happen myself, you know, running an own production. And um, yeah, I just kind of got bit by the bug then. Now, has the internet been like, uh, like this bright light for you? Because you can do everything yeah, on sure. your own. Mm-hmm. It is just some things you have to be, you know, it's always, you always have to, it's, it's an everyday thing. Yeah. You know, it's an ever changing 
rather trade, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like medicine or science or anything like that. It's definitely in terms of information. Yeah. You always have to stay updated and you figure new things out. Mm-hmm. You know, you figure out that not all equipment, you know, is created equal. It's yeah. Different ways That's of true. working it, you know, and, uh, you know, knowing how to work the gears is great. It's one thing to have the passion and it's the other thing to have the full understanding of the technical aspect. So your mind is definitely working mm-hmm. on multiple fronts all the time. And yeah. I think that's really good. It's something that gives you a challenge all the time. I like that because you just said like, you can have all the money to buy all the best equipment, this, but if you don't know how to use it right, you oh, can yeah. make a shitty movie or a shitty <laughs> yeah. record or yeah, shitty whatever, sucks. right? Like yeah. it's going to suck. Oh yeah. Or then you got to have guys like you that, are going to use whatever's available, make it the best you can with, with what you have, and even make mm-hmm. it sound even better. People are like, damn, this sounds like oh, y'all yeah. made this movie with this. Oh yeah, or, mm-hmm. damn. We, you know, you figure out that sometimes you look at a product and you think, uh, oh, this had this and that, yeah. and then you realize behind the scenes they'll tell you, oh, we we didn't even have half of what you think. You know, we, yeah. we improvised a lot of it, but um, even then, sometimes it shows. Like I said, it definitely depends on how you use the equipment. You know, it's kind of yeah. like I don't know if y'all play two K or anything, but I mean, it's kind of oh, like do. that. Yeah, you know, you use uh, you know a top player, or whatever. You get Jordan or Kevin Durant or something. Yeah, that's good if you have in your team. But if you don't know how to use them, you know, you might as well lose it. That's like kind of yeah. like on Madden when you have your fa- uh, your ultimate team. You know, sure, yeah. you, you create your you draft your rosters and then you like trade other players like to get like super teams and stuff like that. Absolutely. Like this one guy. He won the Madden championship by n- just running the ball. He built his team with nothing but offensive linemen. The best, <laughs> best offensive line. He used Gale Sayers. People are like yeah, you're fucking stupid. You yeah, you just yeah, lost a hundred thousand yeah. in this tournament. Like you know that that's what that's what they get paid, right? <laughs> He's like, watch, fucking every play was like five six yard gain. Mm. Run the ball. Run. He, he didn't even throw one time. Yeah, chip it away. Yeah, it's. That's, he just did the research. It's like you know what they yeah. let us build with this much money. Why don't I just fucking and he does. And he did. That's exactly what he did. He learned yeah. how to use what was available. To, you know, that. and the other people like drafted like Patrick Mahomes first. Like used up oh, half yeah. their money on the quarterback, right? Oh, yeah. you know, whatever <laughs> it is, but like. I'm one of those people that like, oh, I'll buy the most expensive thing and it'll just end up sitting there because I don't know how to fucking use it. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it, it's it. That's the cool thing about tools is like you, you have it's not for like amateurs, I guess, in some ways. Like if you have a tool, it's made for a specific purpose. And if you don't know how to use it, you you miss out on certain capabilities. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the the most fun thing about anything that involves like equipment in general, like is that you you can you can take those things and do something bigger than you expected sometimes. Oh yeah. And sometimes you know and when you learn it it varies. You can like have this thing for like a year, two years, and then you figure out, oh, it could have done that. Yeah. Then, you know, oh yeah. that's what it does. Well, it's kind of like when, you know, Tony got this stuff, he didn't know how to use it and he had to teach himself how to use it. Right. Yeah, and now right. he knows how to use it. It's so fucking fun, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know how to use it so good. And I'm just over here. Hey, uh, you know, I, I never noticed that it was making a sound. Yeah. Maybe you did, but I didn't, you know, like I was like, it was uh, pretty subtle. You know, like I was to like, me. and then he noticed it right away, you know, like for the whole time. But, but yeah, like for us, like now that we're, that we're in this, like whoever was listening could have heard that and been like, oh. You know, like, yeah. like, like it, it really stuck out to me once it was mentioned, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. once he said it, I was like, oh, yeah, I can hear that now, you know, or not hear him or whatever. But, yeah, just having the best of the best mm-hmm. is how some people get by and then they hire, like, a really badass yeah. producer mm-hmm. or director, and that's how they make their money, right? That's what right. Hollywood does, right? Yeah. 
But all in the back in the day, God, everybody I wish it had been that way. Yeah, exactly right. And back in the day, everyone had to start at the same field, right? When they were making the mm. black and white movies, where there was no sound and all that yep. stuff, right? Like everyone was using the same piece of equipment, and then all of a sudden, the rich guys started coming in, like, oh yeah, well, you know, well, we can, we can buy this for you, oh, yeah. and but we'll own the movie, we'll pay you mm-hmm. fifty dollars to make the movie for us. Oh fuck yeah, I just made, I just lost eight dollars making that movie. So yeah, <laughs> you know, so whatever it is, like it's just. But that's that's gonna be with everything though, right? Somebody's always gonna have the best of the best toys, and then you're gonna have like amateurs. I'm not saying you guys are amateurs. I don't know. Are you all professional? I mean, no, we're we're, we're amateurs. Okay, yeah. and then you're gonna have guys like you that love to do it that are gonna make something so much better than say somebody with like a whole bunch of money that's not gonna put out something that's good. But since it's commercialized, his film or her film will be much more popular. (laughs) What? What is that word? Commercialized. No, no, the film. Film. <laughs> film. Film. I will say, like, another thing is, like, film. We, 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 <laughs> I think we chose a good time to do it because, because I don't know, like, I don't know if y'all have ever seen it before. We can go to bars, especially when cocktails got real big in Memphis, and I'm I'm guilty of this. I'm gonna put that on on, on the highest note. Like I'm super guilty of this. Mm-hmm. But when you go into something and you think you're the first person in town that did that thing, yeah. and you think you're hot shit, like. That's that's where you start making big mistakes, mm. like really big mistakes. And yeah, so I course. think that honestly being in restaurants and then starting the thing with Fred, who, who's got a, a big bubble of humility surrounding his aura, uh, whether he knows it or not, has been healthy for us because we are doing a thing together, working on a project and not worrying about whose dick is bigger, kind of. Mm. True. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's the, there's the, always the, the notion of healthy competition and like, there's, you know, people around town that like, like people that, you know, Fred knows and I know that, that do things on a, on a different scale than we do. And this is just really exciting for us to do because it's something it's like, not to quote Daniel masters, but it's a labor of love. Mm. Yeah. And, and all the people in this thing are also restaurant people too. Oh, cool. Yeah, majority, yeah. a good 75% to 80% of people, yeah. Which is both awesome and a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to be hard because of everyone's schedules. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, exactly. you guys, people in the restaurant industry, when you're supposed to get off at three and you still have a tape, like four tables and it's mm-hmm. 250, you're probably not getting off at three o'clock. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you, you can't, not. like, yeah. go give a table your, here you go, pay me, I gotta go. Yeah. You know, like, oh, unless, you, unless that, you're really cool with the people, like, people come to me and Tony, hey man, we're cut here. Pay this. Some money I'll pay yeah. this. You know, like, I, I got to go. Yeah, because, I mean, if y'all want to stay, you just gotta open another tab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. It's exactly. different but, with tables, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, because, where do you work at, Fred? So I work at Silly Goose, and then uh, I worked South Hall uh, Cafe. That oh yeah, we, we were just up there. Um, oh yeah, Sunday and then Saturday. Okay, yeah, I was there. Saturday, I was there like three times in the past two weeks. Okay, um, you know that's one of the places where you just couldn't walk up and. No, get, you cannot. You, you know, because they yeah. were going to say people are more likely going to say something, especially in the area it's in and yeah. all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But like, if I was a server, which I could never be one because. Uh, no, I'll probably make no money because, you know, people wouldn't tip me because I was probably a dickhead to them anyways, you know, but like, <laughs> but like, hey, can I get some more coffee? I just gave you some, man. What the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, something like that. But, um. They go through that coffee sometimes. Oh, dude. Man. Yeah. My friend Alex, them. she got some hot tea and she, she had like four of those things. Yeah. Like the, the guy kept on bringing them to her. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, fuck. But like, it just, you, there's no set time of these when people get off. Mm-hmm. You just, you just can't, you know. At that place in particular, uh, you know, you, you'll, let's say you have your last table leave at three, but you you can get out very well at five. It all depends on really, Damn. you know, 
how much you got to do side yeah. work wise. You know, you always got the side work and this, that, and the third. And then, uh, you know, in terms of like what your coworkers do, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a team sport thing. If everybody, if somebody forgot to do this, it's usually going to fall on somebody else. Yeah. It has to be done for the following shift. And that yeah. is, that is one really big thing about working at restaurants is like, you, you don't always have this in every type of work, but in a restaurant, you're, you're like what happens in your personal life is somewhat dependent on what happens with your coworkers, like what they do and don't do. Cause at some point in time, if you're, I mean, depending on what your work ethic is, you're gonna have to pick up for other people with, you know, with the hope that they'll pick up for you too. Sometimes. Yeah. As well. yeah but sometimes it's just one side of like, you're just picking up for them always. And they yeah, know yeah, that they know yeah, someone's yeah. going to pick it up they, for them. They, 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 it's kind of like, they like, and then they take it for fact and take exactly, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then, and then you don't do it. And then that like, yeah, and you don't do it, and then they're like, "Oh, I got in trouble because you didn't do that for me, man. What the fuck? You always do it for me. Like, oh, what are you talking about? You're not doing your work, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. fuck you." Man. That's like, when I stopped just like agreeing to everything. I was like, "Oh, I'll get back to you about it." And then, yeah, 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 yeah. Unless money's an offer, that happens too. Like, hey, I, you most know, of the time, money is an offer. I pay you ten bucks to clean my section. You know, the first time I ever went to the place that you work, Fred, did I tell you about it? I forgot. It was the most American day of my life. I saw, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile in Memphis. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, it was like two months ago, and then uh, uh, Jerry Lawler was taking was doing pictures in the, at the host end <laughs> too. I, I, I was never prouder. Uh, you know, maybe a month and a half. Two months later, there uh, there was an insurrection on the Capitol, but you know, I was still a proud American for a little while. Man, how awesome would it have been if Ric Flair was driving the motherfucking Oscar Mayer oh, <laughs> and, and baptizing people with hot dog water? Yeah. Like, but I don't know. Um, what did you guys think about that when they stormed the Capitol building? Um, it's pretty scary. It's pretty, it was pretty scary. I'm not going to say that. Uh, I mean, a part of me was surprised. But I mean, something was going to happen eventually. So I can't see. I really was, to be honest. But I think it was just like surprise is really the wrong word. I thought it was really surrealistic. Yeah. When I saw it on my TV. I'm like, this is some third world shit, right? Mm. Yeah, because that's what happens. Like it's happening in Neymar right now. Yeah. The, the, the military is taking over the country. Like, oh, yeah. Or whatever. Uh, I forget what it's called. Myanmar. Yeah, Myanmar. What, yeah, yeah. Whatever I say is probably wrong anyways. I, no, yeah, yeah. Fill yeah. <laughs> Fill Fuck <on>. you. <laughs> but no, like, you know. You see that stuff on the news of, of it happening, like you mm. just said, the third world, mm. you know, somewhere small, some little country. I, I think the actual term is shithole country. More than likely, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, but like, yeah. and then when I was watching it, I was like, my, my boss calls me. He's like, hey, have you, have you heard about what's going on? I'm like, oh, yeah. no. And I was like, yeah. looking, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was yeah. like, Jesus, how are these people not dead? My family, I have a horns? lot of family in D.C. And they, they were they were the ones that told me about it. Like, hey, are you watching the TV? And I was like, no, what's, what's going on? And then. Yeah, I saw, you know, mm. a mob of hillbillies basically crawling <laughs> through the windows. And I was like, yo, this is for real right now? But I mean, honestly, I'm going to put it like this. Yo, everybody has their turn when it comes to shit like this, you know, coups or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it was just our turn. I mean, it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, with after four years like this, you yeah. know, and all this misinformation. I think yeah. I think a lot of the people that went were just there to be there, you know. Oh, oh I, yeah, I, I, I was there. Yeah. I was there, you know. Yeah. But yeah. the actual ones that actually like stormed it and just those, that's a separate altogether kind of people, oh, yeah. you know, like those guys was like there's like I have a friend, Jamie, he went there. He's like, I'm not fucking going in that building. Yeah, I'm, I'm this year. This is pretty cool. I think you know, like he wow. did. He did it for that. You know, okay. he's a big Trumper. You know, but like always do it for the gram. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He, he literally was taking pictures of police officers. He's like, can I take a selfie? You know, he has a he has, he's like <laughs> no. selfies with cops and like wow. riot gear and, and he was like, yeah, I'm not going in there. There was like a line. There was coming like, like emerg- imaginary line uh, that if you cross this one, 
you're, yeah. you're you're a part of the riot. Yeah. If you stayed on this side, you you know like you're just a witness. You, uh, you, you're just witnessing what's going on, like a moron. You know, instead of hanging out in DC, you there doing that shit. What I yeah. heard was basically I watched the program and basically like they engineered their way around, you know, the cops and everything. There was a certain like splinter group of people that were already mobbed up toward the front, anyways. Oh yeah, it was organized. Yeah, so it was hella organized, definitely. Yeah, like you know, and, and I don't know, like I think if a bunch of black people did that, they'd all be dead. Oh yeah, it'd be over. And I think, if, yeah, I, yeah. There's nothing without you know, that. like yeah. any person of color, it's, right? It's, but these guys, white people doing it, it's I don't know. I heard the one black guy that was there was it Clarence? <laughs> What's his name? Uh, uh, Clayton uh, Bigsby. Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> yeah. yo, yo, he was there. Um, you know, all of them got like most of them got their bail money and got, and, and you know went home mm-hmm. after they got locked up. Uh, he's the only one they didn't post bail for. He did Are you all, serious? I'm dead ass, dude. The, the one, but yeah, the one black guy there did not get Jesus. Yeah, no bond. He was being held with that. <laughs> Everybody Damn. else was just crying they at the airport. How written house a bond? But they couldn't do you shit. know, and that's yeah, that, that's another thing. Like, I'm on my face. I think I'm really about to have to just for my own mental health. Sure, not get on Facebook anymore. Or just oh, delete yeah. off I my delete, phone oh, for a while. I delete, I delete it because mine, yeah. every time I get on there, all I see is. Oh well, you know if Trump did this, that there would be all this. But if since Biden's doing it and he, there or Camilla's doing it, it's no big deal. I was like, oh my god, I oh, can't. Yeah. And I just want to comment. I'm literally sitting there writing two paragraphs worth of shit just before I mm. send it. Right? I'm like, Tony, Tony, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't. Tony told me not to do this shit anymore. I just, so I don't send it. You know, I just delete the delete my comment before I send it and shit. But it's just like, what the fuck? It's just like everything is. You either either Trump, you pro Trump. Or you're not, right? And then if, you, if you're not pro-Trump, you're wrong. Here's what I think about it. I see, <laughs> I, yeah, I see, yo, I think it's good. I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise, though, because a lot of those people have this kind of cloak to hide behind. Like, you know, this patriotism cloak. Mm-hmm. We love our police. We, uh, we follow the rules. We don't, you know, this, that. Um, you know, they don't have really an, ex- an excuse to back up anymore. If you pro-Trump, you're usually associated with, you know. Insurrection. That's cloak here. spelled with a Q, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Q much. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think that's basically you know the cool part about it. They can kind of don't have a foot to stand on. People that you know kind of advocate for that kind of thing. Did you guys? Yeah. Did you guys hear about the guys, the people that got put on the no fly list because now they're considered terrorists? Like, uh, yeah, uh, vanilla um, ISIS, man. That's what they did. But y'all, I think that's. A, I think that's a really. Good thing though it, it definitely it definitely takes away my impression of what's been going on it, it definitely like puts some people in their place at least if, I, if, if it's the, anybody who remembers the post 9-11 years especially you know yeah. and the stigma that came with it especially i'm sure you know you did growing up or anybody you know people of color who looked like they came from that area and now it's kind of like 20 years later yeah it's uh it's it's the tables will turn to so bring it back to what you were talking about earlier if the four of us did the same thing that happened uh, what four four or five weeks now yeah. Oh, like, like, yeah, oh, the like these in. two would be oh, dead yeah. and we wouldn't have even made it into the state. <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. I'm serious. Like, yeah. for real, yeah. if yeah. you guys didn't know, Fred is African-American and, you know, Tony's African-American, too. Yeah. But for I'm, one hundred black, man. Oh, you're black. black. Yeah. I've never uh, been to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tony says. I mean, I don't know if I've been to Africa. I'm black. Never been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just a typo, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I went there. I, actually, I did. I went there. Um, when did I go? In November? Yeah, oh, and they were like brother, brother. I uh, went to Tanzania. Oh, nice. And I'm nice, like, I'm, nice. no, we're not brothers. Like, <laughs> I'm American, man. Y'all, because I think a lot of them don't like us. No, they don't. 
You know, I think they think that we, uh, I think they think they're better than us. Somebody said that uh, they think we're the ones that were dumb enough to get caught. (laughs) You know, I have heard that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they said we, they they have, they look down on us for sure. And in the D.C. area, in Silver Springs, Maryland, Mm -hmm. usually where I originally came from, there was a large, uh, you know, East African diaspora. Mm. And uh, yeah, there was always that kind of, you know, um, at odds with the black community for sure. Yeah, because like I said, when I was there, I just... I told somebody this. I was like, I'm glad I, my people got taken away because I, I wouldn't want to live there, man. Like it's, yeah. it's shit. Like it, it made me sad when I, when I went there because the people are so fucking poor. Yeah. Like it's another yeah. level of poor. Like people here, I've talked about it before on here, but there, there's people that are here that are poor. It's nothing like, that. Oh, remember, yeah. remember Tony, I was telling yeah. you, um, yeah. I was telling you that over there, there's usually no kind of government assistance and stuff like that. No, there's nothing. Mm. It's, it's like, if you're poor, you're going to be poor and your kid is probably going to be poor. He's probably going to inherit the little, the hut or whatever the fuck they yeah, live in, you know, yeah. a little mud house because, you know, a lot of them live in shit like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like we saw it in, uh, in Tijuana too, yeah. you know, like the first part of Tijuana, but like over there, especially in South Africa where I'm from, where I was born. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Th- there, there was, well, this is, you know, 26 years ago, 28 years ago so now. So during apartheid, yeah? Yeah, so during yeah, apartheid. apartheid yeah. There there was no government assistance and all that stuff, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, oh, it, no. you, you, you were, you were, you were, you were going to do exactly your, what your parents did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just how you're going to live your life, that your parents are going to end up dying, and then you're going to live like that, and then your kids are going to live, because my, my great-grandfather, he started a, a little tomato stand in this market, mm. and then his son took the tomato stand, Right. Mm-hmm. And then my dad took the t- tomato stand mm-hmm. and then my dad got another job and everyone else was getting job. Like, like I was like, what is it called? Uh, white collar jobs, like yeah. advertising and stuff like that. Right. right. And like, but like to this day, we still have family members that work at the market at the tomato stand. Like it's a tomato stand. It was like, you know, everything else and shit wow. like that around there. It's got a bunch of different vendors and stuff now, but like, it's like, fuck, what, what would I, would I be working at a tomato stand right now? If I didn't leave, mm-hmm. if my parents didn't come yeah. here, you know, more than likely I would be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing is, and I think that's making the situation worse, uh, China's buying up a lot of land over yeah, Africa, um, I heard. So, and well, you know, Africa's always been colonized by somebody, right? Absolutely. It was French and India and everybody. Yeah. Everybody England, had their yeah. flags there in England, right? And yeah. now it's the Chinese are coming in there giving people, oh, well, you know, we'll give you all this money. It's pretty much, we'll that's, give you these beads for all yeah. this land, like they did the yeah, Native Americans, yeah. right? It's like, it, it would be so that. different if 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 you were to like live where you live holistically, if it wasn't already leached of all of its resources, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like it's just, it's like Africa is going through what it's, what it's been through the past hundred years now, starting again with China and yeah. these other mm-hmm. countries coming in, you know, and buying stuff up. But I will say... China is putting their they they are on face value making their resources you know that what they're using with their money they're doing it better than the Europeans did. Oh, say. I'm sure they are. Lagos yeah. right now, you know, and some of West Africa and the investments in the cities they're making the urbanization mm-hmm. to their credit. It's uh you know it's it's good, but it's just being done off of blood debt. Yeah, That's yeah. The messed up thing. And is, it's yeah. like you know. Um, Fuck, I just had a good one. I forget what it was, but like you know, blood diamonds like in South Africa and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, all the all the Dutch own all that, right? Oh, yeah. uh-huh. And like, what are they called? Uh, there's, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, De Beers. De, no, yeah, De Beers, and I'm like, right? Yeah, yeah. All these rich American firms and mm-hmm. Brit- uh, British firms, and they all own it under under the umbrella of the Dutch people that owned it, right? We went down there, colonized it, and yeah. it's ours now, kind of thing, right? Yeah. They own. Like it's still going on to this day because my aunt, before she died, she was telling us about it. 
how the how these kids are like, you know, they're working down there because they get whatever money. What they get so little money, but it's better than no money, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other people, every time they find something, you know, they they put in this little thing. But I'm like, man, fuck, I'll be stealing. Oh yeah, you know, and that's what happened with the blood diamond yeah, in that movie. movie yeah, remember, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy found that big ass diamond. He was like, fuck this, I'm getting my family out of here, and he fucking yeah. had to hide it and shit like that, oh, you yeah. know, like. And you know, and they knew he was stealing, so they they, they came after him and started yeah. looking for it. And they're like, "Where's it at?" You know, because they mm-hmm. knew he found something. Because someone, I think someone snitched on him. I can't remember exactly, but like, you know, that's that's it's twenty twenty one, and you still have kids working in these mines and the, right. in these other countries because they're quote unquote third world countries or shit countries because yeah. they're not America or they're not Germany yeah. or yeah. you know they're not they're not uh, England, you know, like shit like that. They don't have a yeah, high. They're GDP a shit country because they're not they're not robbing somebody of the resources. <laughs> exactly, yeah. but it's just like. You know, can you imagine that life working in a mine? Like, you know, the, our phones have something in cobalt, yeah. I think, is what mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. dig out Lithium. of. Lithium. Oh, okay. If, it's, it, Lithium's it, big in Mexico, too. It's Austin. like in Africa somewhere, there's all these, um, they're digging for, 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 for our phone stuff, right? But, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. one way I look at it is, okay, if they didn't dig it, if they weren't doing that, what would those people be doing f- to feed themselves? Yeah. Right? Would they be killing each other? So even more, so there's less people, so there's more for them to do work. And then the other thing is, like, at least they have something coming in, right? But mm-hmm. at what cost? Because, you know, they're going to be doing this job from when they're, what, say, like 10, 11 years mm-hmm. old till they're dead. Yeah. Right? It's kind of the same. It's a reflection of, like, think about, like, like black musical artists of the, like, net, like 20th century on. Like, like how, how much, how much, how much money is made off something versus how much the person that made that thing happen gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's, it, it happens across the board to that person's exploitation too. I've Definitely, worn Nikes yeah. before. It's the same, it's the same process. It's yeah. cheap. It's cheap labor for high output. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things like if, if the Nikes were made here in America, I don't know how much pair of Nike cost. America, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, man. I tried to be quiet about yeah, it. You it. If the Nikes were made here in America, they'd probably be, say, $400 a yeah. pair, right? Instead of like 150 or 200 mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're. We'd still but, buy them. But we, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. we would still buy them, right? Just half as often. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to wear my shoes at least. I'm going to get 500 miles out of these shoes at least. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm going to walk 500 yeah. of these. But like. But then if they pulled all those factories from all these other countries, like, you know, Vietnam and, and uh, Bangladesh, Bangladesh and where these things are big at, what are those people going to do for money? Because without these jobs, you know, obviously it's child labor and slave labor, right? Right, basically. A servitude, right? Like, it's just, it's, what would they do for a living? Because, you know, some of these people over there, without these jobs, they don't, they, there's nothing there. Well, that's why the scam artist uh, culture out there is really big with the colors and all that stuff. You know, I was a... Uh, reading about it basically they moonlight and like you know call centers and you know credit fraud and all those places and bangladesh i think it's like countries like that you know usually the top 10 identity theft capitals of the world and all that huh. stuff mm-hmm. are usually in those areas i noticed that that they, they kind of do stuff like that but it's just you know it's, it's just not fair but then it's also like we have to look at the other side of it too i wouldn't want to be doing Digging in a hole, finding fucking battery shit. I mean, oh, for our no. phones and stuff, right? Like, no. What's this for? Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Just keep on digging. Just keep on digging. Yeah, you heard of OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah. Hey, this girl needs it for OnlyFans. Just keep yeah. on digging, man. Like, it was just, you know, it's just, it sucks, right? But oh, yeah, sure. What are we gonna do? Because if we, if we, if we as a, if, if we as a world come together and say, fuck it, 
no more of this. All these companies have to pull out of these countries. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen to that country? They have control oh, yeah, the resources yeah. in some capacity. Uh, I, uh, yeah, but then but they would have no direction because they've been so accustomed to being controlled. Because from somebody outside. exactly because somebody's yeah. always been like, hey, well, there's ten pounds here. We'll take nine and a half point nine, and you get you keep. Point one pound, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's how it's going to be, right? Forever, mm-hmm. probably. But like you just said, who's going to help these people con- take control of their stuff again? These countries, because the presidents or the kings of these countries they aren't out. right. They're not because you yeah. know they got a fresh pair of Nikes, probably right. And yeah. there you go. So they they they've done sold out their people right mm-hmm. for this work and have they all these all these people come in there and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just, it's crazy that we have to have it. But at what cost? And then if we don't get it from those people, what would be, what would happen to like a country like Laos or something like that? You know, like, unfortunately, it's, I think it's just going to be, we can get rid of it in one place, but it's just going to reemerge somewhere else. Right. Because that's really what it is. Yeah. There's always going to be country that, you know, we live in a shitty world, right? Because there's always going to be people that are going to try to exploit people, right? Like mm-hmm. human trafficking, you know, we can all come together and try to get rid of human trafficking, but you're always going to have these countries that are always going to have it underground. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just what it is, what's going to happen. But then like, I mean, technically they didn't get rid of slavery until really you look at it until the 1940s in America, if you think about mm-hmm. it. So yeah, it makes, you know, it takes a while. You can abolish something on paper, but it will take a while afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it sucks for these people. What do you think, Tony? You've been really quiet. When you talk and I don't say anything, he's like, why aren't you saying anything? I'm letting you talk. <laughs> I think you're doing great, Will. Thank yeah, you. Dude, it's a great Thank job, you. man. What do you guys think about uh, Trump getting acquitted? Uh, Are you surprised? I'm going to be real. Yeah, I'm, I, not, I'm not surprised at all. I knew that shit was going to happen. Because they were trying to acquit, I mean, they were trying to... Um, Impeach him so he couldn't run again, right? That's is that the whole right. thing? Yeah, that's go. to and then he loses the security. You said security detail and stuff like yeah. that, Tony, for yeah. his whole family and stuff. Because right now everyone gets it in his family, yeah. right? His daughters, his son for life, yeah, it's for life, and yeah. he gets the pension or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like at least they were able to convince ten out of the seventeen they needed yeah. to vote against. I mean, for the impeachment, right, from the uh, Republicans. But I just think, man, it's just one of those things that it's it's time to let it go, man. Like. He's going to come back and try to run again, and hopefully people are smart enough not to vote for him again, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah, like hopefully November was a testament to, to, to how people actually feel. Absolutely. Right, you know, I was like watching that, and I was like, holy shit, man, he's going to win again. And all of a sudden, yeah, they just flipped. like, he was just rolling through the states, right? Everything oh, yeah. was turning red. I was like, yeah. wow, this is going to be like a landslide. But then all of a sudden... All this blue, little, little blue specks started popping up in like different cities and states. I think we were at... Uh, Four or nine at the time when yeah, it was at four or nine now when that happened and I believe somebody stood on the table and it's all and announced stuff. it, you know, that the day's turning blue. Oh, yeah, and it was all Gerald. This. And I was like, Yeah, Gerald. Yeah. yeah. Friend, uh, homeboy yeah, Gerald. Yeah, shout out Gerald. Um and he said, Yeah, we've you know, we're taking uh what was the key state, I believe? Atlanta or Georgia. Georgia, yeah. yeah. Talking about, and uh I was and, like, Oh shit, Arizona. this is real. This is like this is yeah, happening. Yeah, this is happening because yeah. Georgia's always like, been a Republican red, state, yeah. right? Red, right? Yeah, and for as long as we've been in a country or something like that, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And I was like, holy Not shit. since the New Deal, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I was like, man, fuck. Like, hold on. This is getting momentum now. And then I was watching for like every day for like on my phone at work. Yeah, I'm like, pause for like one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, 
ordering beer for customers like yeah. oh shit, <laughs> shit yeah, you know, as, no it, time really stopped for those what four or five days i think it was months. four days yeah, they, yeah or five days they were counting everything and you know everything was trickling it was in all in the states that have like heavy heavy evidence of voter suppression too yeah, yeah. and then all <laughs> of a sudden yeah. and then all of a sudden like you know when he won all these conspiracy theorists came out yeah oh well what about those votes we saw that guy and with that bag have yeah. what happens though I'm, like, yeah. I'm like come on man how do you know those are votes scratch his neck look i'm looking yeah. for like twenty-seven thousand. <laughs> yeah it's like and then when he called the person in georgia mm-hmm. when trump called yeah. the, the what is it the governor, the governor to yeah, find yeah. the votes for him it's like make sure you find them or whatever it's like Dude, like you have a twenty-four hours. Yeah, like these people aren't gonna risk their own political career for you. You're through, man. Like that's when he got Giuliani on the shit. Yeah, and then he left his homeboy in jail. Yeah, Joe so like Don was yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, that fucked me up. I'm not gonna lie, because Joe was like posting his lawyer had the limo outside and shit. I was like, oh, man. I see, I see the picture yeah, of the limo because everyone's like, oh, he's definitely getting released. Apparently, they had him like ready to go like for eight hours. For like he was like, okay, yeah. you're, you're about to be free. You just sit right here, and then. He didn't get the fucking call. Yeah, you know, or, or, Kodak Black. Yeah, yeah Kodak I was like, Black what the fuck, fuck yeah. man? Because they were, they, he was letting go of all kinds of people. Let me ask you something, because I've been kind of wondering about this. Do you believe that pardons are, are bought? You oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I always believe that pardons are bought, frankly. You know, I, like, I, I always, a lot of people what don't. Did, what did, uh, what's the rapper's name? You just said it. Kodak Black. Yeah, what did he go to and jail Wayne. for? Uh, yeah, and, and uh, so Kodak Black went, I think, because he violated like his probation hell of times. Oh, okay. and he was doing he was doing two years into a four year sentence, and he was really fucked up about it, obviously. And uh, I think he just had really good people in his camp that pulled some strings, and that was. And it. that's like you yeah. said. What did yeah. what did they give Trump or his kids to get this? Hey, Dad, you need, you need pardon him. Yeah, you know his kids say yeah, Baron or somebody. Yeah, he's like Dad, Dad, him. I like this rapper. Can I get a photo op? <laughs> And I think Lil Wayne, that thing was like, you know, yeah, Lil Wayne did the photo op thing. And that's yeah. how he basically got his pardon. Make America mm-hmm. skate again. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you're definitely right about that. I never thought about it like that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, suddenly, you know, did they not pay enough to get Joe out? I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of no. like, I'm going to keep the money anyways, but next time make it a couple more million. Okay. Because, you know, <laughs> fuck you. I feel like Joe, you know, probably didn't want to give up that money though. He probably Probably. just wanted to get it off his merit. That guy's got an ego. He has an ego. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think even, you know. Because he's in jail for 22 years, right? Yeah. For some some shit he really didn't even pull the trigger on, Mm. which is crazy. I wonder if one of the the tigers, right? Well, he killed the the tigers, but he he said it was a murder for hire. Oh, that's right. Conspiracy. That's right. But then Takashi 69 basically did the same thing and actually had somebody shoot at mm. Chief Keith and he only did like two years. <laughs> wow. yeah, what do you think about that? That you brought that up. Um that no one's killed him yet. Oh Takashi, that's interesting. I think he's got that, money. Well oh, yeah. he's not money, but he has federal protection. He's a federal informant. He's like Oh, so there, there's like there's like feds with him all the time? Yeah, remember, oh, remember I didn't when know he, that. Remember when he got out? And uh, when he got out, he moved to a house. Uh-huh. And then some girl got on TikTok or some shit and said, Yo, Takashi six nine is like next door. And uh, they immediately moved him immediately mm. out the house to another location. And yeah, after- oh, see, I didn't know he had federal protection. Yeah, I thought he was just out there with his friends again. Like no, you know, no, he ain't got no friends <laughs> because you don't because you don't uh, yeah because you you don't ever see any of those guys in any of the like you know like, do like a live thing on like, yeah. like a store or anything like yeah. I guess they stay hidden I guess but yeah I think I wonder if one of those guys would take a bullet for him I wouldn't no I don't no. think anybody would take a bullet. Yeah, I would, no. <laughs> like oh you're talking about the guys who did the. Uh, 
The guys in his crew and shit? Yeah. Or the feds? The feds. Okay, so the feds wouldn't take... Oh, I don't know. It depends how they're, you know... They're probably like, his yeah. music sucks. He needs to go anyway. But I did watch one video of his where he's just like, boom, 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 boom. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, I like this one. So I was like, wait, let me... His ad lib is bliggity blow. Yeah, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, let me listen to a couple more. So I was like, okay, never mind. I, was, I just like that one song. <laughs> I said, I like was it Yeah, that's, that's, that, that yeah. was Russ. And he was pissed. And he called out Billboard for not giving him number one, remember? Oh, yeah, he did. Because they fucking rigged it yeah. to where I was at... Okay, was it Katy Perry or something like that? Yeah, got, uh, Ariana Grande. Ari, that's right. Yeah. And she yeah, got Ari. number one. He was like, and he was like, okay, well, you know what? We're gonna get, uh, we're gonna get on, on to investigate this. And I mean, he had all these facts and all, yeah. all this information, like straight up, like numbers that you can't change and lie about, right? Mm-hmm. That the and he outsold her by like five hundred thousand or something like that yeah. for the single, and they still gave it to him because you know it's it's him and mm-hmm. she's Ariana Grande and mm-hmm. she deserves number one because. She has more money behind her with all the, everybody that's behind her than he does. Right? And not the controversy, too. Right. Not only did Takashi snitch, but he also like has a pedophilia. Yeah, thing. he's gross. <laughs> you know, he's like, super gross. Yeah, he messed with a teenage girl or some shit. So I think like they Billboard ain't going to give that to somebody. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was wondering. Like, yeah. I was like, damn, how is this? It's been like eight months now. How is he not dead? I was like, what the you fuck? You have a Deadpool going for him or something? No, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure people do. But I'm is just there, saying. Is there a cryptocurrency based on Takashi Six Nine's mortality? Uh, I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, hmm. I saw yesterday he got into it with Meek Mill. Yeah, I did see that. Like outside too, yeah. like in public type shit. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, but she put him in like a boxing match, like against like. Yo, uh, what's the what's the guy's name that beat Jake Paul? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just beat Ben well, Askew, right? Weather, ain't he? He's fighting Mayweather. Yeah, well, can you well, only... that's Logan. Oh, yeah, Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you imagine if he actually like beats him in some rounds, like beats Mayweather in some rounds? I don't, that think, would, I don't happen, think it's man. gonna happen. You don't think the fight's gonna happen at no, all? I'm, well, you know that's <clears> another thing. I halfway don't think it don't. Yeah, I don't see him beating Mayweather. Mayweather. If all these elite boxers can't beat Mayweather, <laughs> I don't think God, it's zero and two in boxing. Yeah, against a YouTube guy, another YouTube guy is going to beat him. You know, who's he fighting now? Jake Paul's supposed to fight Ben Askren. Okay, that's what it is, right? Logan's supposed to fight Floyd. I thought he was supposed to fight McGregor too. You know, I thought this he was... wants to, but then yeah. he said, I guess after Connor lost, he doesn't like, want to fight him anymore. You know, I really, I guess it's just PR shit. I really yeah. thought this was the same person. Yeah, I didn't know those two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, Logan's the older brother. <laughs> I didn't know. I just know that these guys are like beating, or you know, well, the little brother's not beating shit, right? It's the older brother that's beating people, right? No, no, no. Jake's yeah. the one that's been winning. Oh, okay, okay. So Logan is. Who did Logan fight? Logan fought that. There's a YouTuber called KSI. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, 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 okay. And then Nate Robinson uh, got his ass whooped. Yeah, by Jake. Jake, yeah. And then he, Jake fought some other guy like named Dudgy or Deji or somebody. I think he's another YouTube guy too. Did you see the thing on Booty Whisperer? Uh, with the, you know the black kid that makes those videos <laughs> <laughs> with the Nate Robinson thing. Yes, I did. I so did. so there's this guy. I don't know what his name is. This black guy is funny as shit. He makes his little videos, right? Okay. So he's a Nate, TikTok guy. Yeah. So Nate Robinson. He actually like his Nate Robinson and the McDonald's employee. Yeah. He goes, "Hey man, can I get a Big Mac?" And Nate Robinson, he's playing Nate Robinson. Can I get a Big Mac, sir? He's like, no. No, he's like, can you? Can you? <laughs> what if I say no? 
Well, it goes off for like a minute, and then he's like, "Well, I'll just leave then." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" That makes I was like, "Think of Good Burger." I was like, "What is this connection?" And I was like, "Oh, that's right. He got he got beat up by that guy." Got <laughs> <laughs> knocked out, yo. I, he felt. He, I heard he's the first boxer to go zero and three in one fight. Really? Wow. Well, I mean, Nate Robinson. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, Nate Robinson. Yeah. What did you uh, think about the Snoop Dogg commentary? I heard some people loved that? it and some people hated it during the fight. Did you all actually watch the whole fight? I didn't watch it. I I caught it. I had a friend who bought it. And what did he say? I mean, Snoop Dogg was literally like the color commentator of like. Oh, he was in the play-by-play? He was in the play-by-play. <laughs> he was like yeah, in the booth with the dudes and everything. It was kind of, I, I, it was 50-50. It was kind of like, okay, this is, it was very 2020. I'll say that. It was I saw him do some stuff a long time ago for the UFC. Like yeah. He did the same kind of thing. I didn't like it. I thought it was very like, yeah, because when Nate Robinson like got knocked out the first time yeah. before he got back up, he's like, oh, Lord Jesus. And this is- <laughs> <laughs> so it was like watching like it was like watching somebody do a YouTube review yeah. over a fight more than actually watching a fight. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, I wasn't crazy hot about it. Yeah. But, it was know, still hey, fun, though. It was funny. And I mean, it was also very much needed for that fight mm. in particular. It was two amateurs mm-hmm. just like going at each other. You know, so that was on the Tyson fight too. It was right? the Tyson Roy Jones fight, which okay. was like, yeah. I heard Tyson won. Yeah, uh, it was. It was like it looked like a, they said it was a draw, but yeah. yeah, it looked like he was holding back. If mm. you ask me, well, yeah. do you think? I think they called it a draw also, yeah. and I think Tyson was holding back because yeah. they can make another one now, right? Part yeah. two and make more money, yeah. right? And then because it was, you know, these guys. How old is Tyson? Tyson's 50, about 54. 54. You know, now, and he's got that fucking weed farm. Yeah. They make it so much money. He doesn't matter. He doesn't need the money. That's like when he was a young kid and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, right? He's but also him, different now. Yeah, like when he was, him, mm-hmm. when he had nothing. Like some of the stuff yeah. I see that uh, Tony posted that he said on his, on what is it, Boxing with Mike Tyson? Hot Boxing. Hot yeah. yeah, you know, and that, that's a cool podcast. You know, I really don't listen to podcasts, but like I listen to the clips that Tony posted with his stuff. And some of the shit, it's like, yeah, this is so true. He's you know? smarter than... He's like deceptively smart. He really is. Yeah. And he's also like on a whole different thing since he's he's like the psychedelics and shit oh, now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think honestly, Mike Tyson, I think that's why we he was holding back. Cause I don't think, you know, you remember, you know, back when he was fighting Trevor Burbick and like, you know, uh, you know, Holyfield back in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties, he was, you know, he was still on that Brownsville killer mentality. Mm-hmm. He was fighting he wasn't like Mayweather, who's like an athlete, a professional poised athlete who does it to win fights by technicality, you know, things like that. He was actually, I think Mike Tyson came from the days where, you know, of street fighting, you were fighting because you wanted to literally kill the other guy. Mm -hmm. And you don't really see that anymore. I think that's why boxing is kind of not what it used to be. If you ask me, but um, he doesn't have that mentality anymore. Like I said, he's rich, you know, he's comfortable now. Even his like, uh, Post con, I mean, a press conference shit was just off the wall. Like, I'm gonna eat your children. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Praise be to Allah. And they were gonna be Holyfield's ear back in yeah. 2000 or 1998 or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? Where the guy flew in with the fan and got stuck in the ropes yeah. and shit. Like, you think that he, he's got a? You said he's got a farm now. That's probably where he got a taste for cauliflower. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Don't forget that Lennox Lewis fight. He was talking about. Oh, uh, you're in Memphis. Yeah, he's talking about. He told that dude. Uh, he said. He said it was like. 
I'm gonna fuck you like I'm you a, love me. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck you till you love me. Yeah. And I was like, God damn. Uh, you definitely, you definitely, you, you probably just uh, definitely did rape that woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think he definitely. You know, there was a maybe he didn't. You know, maybe he didn't do. It. I was like, like uh, yeah, honey, I think Tyson did uh, rape that girl. Sorry, you know, but like, fuck, man, yeah. he's just a different breed, and they don't. And, and like you said, they don't make boxes and fighters aren't like that anymore. They were not like that anymore, man. Because back in the day. You literally hate the guy you were fighting, and you yeah. never, even if you lost to him, you didn't respect him afterwards mm-hmm. or anything. You mm-hmm. lost, and you move on, and you fight him again later on, right? Yeah. Now it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm leaving camp so I can fight fight my partner for the belt, and, yeah. and I still love him. Uh, I I talk to his kids all the time. Like, who cares, man? Just yeah, go out there right? and fight like, him, beat his ass. Yeah, I'm gonna beat your daddy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, little Mikey, tell your daddy I'm gonna beat his ass, okay? <laughs> like, it's like, what the fuck, like. It's it's some fake. Trust shit, me, I'm not going to eat you. Yeah, and it's like you know, and like how UFC started, you know, back in the day. Oh yeah, those guys were just fucking brutal, and just yeah, well, head stomping yeah. each other, and and I was, oh, yeah. I I was to, it's I like it's like I was like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck, man, this is. This is intense because sometimes I see it on my phone. It'll pop up like on like yeah. um, I'll share something about like UFC, and then the next video would be like something from like the early nineties they mm-hmm. did and something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Yeah, they yeah, definitely doubt it. Back. It's it's definitely good. There's regulation with this shit now because you remember they were doing like a casino. They, yeah. they were there's no regulations in that state mm-hmm. and stuff like they were just sneaking around and and then all of a sudden boom, it hit pay per view and then next thing you know it was in in Vegas and then and after the Ultimate Fighter show came on, that's when it, that's when it just took off. Yeah, when they did Ultimate Fighter one, that's when that's when I started watching. I, was, I didn't know what it, I knew what it was, but I, I didn't give a fuck about it. And then my friends John and Riggs like, hey, you need to start watching this. This is cool, man. Uh, and then I became friends with Tony, and he was really into it. And then we all started watching it. And then you know Nick fucking started the company, and then that's how we all got. And I was like, man, this is this is cool. And then mm-hmm. Tony sent me a video, a thing of the other day that said that oh Frankie Edgar, yeah, mm, yeah. he got beat up so bad. That he couldn't remember even the training he did for that fight, right? Wow! But you know how we looked at gladiators as barbaric, right? Oh, All these, and that's what Tony. This thing was saying, people in the future are going to look at this as, oh, that's barbaric as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. But it is though. It, it is. is. And, and that's what. And that's what. That's what you love. You you when you see that guy just take a punch and then he's you like, yeah, he's about to get knocked out, and then he. Catch back up and start yeah. doing it to the other guys. Like, oh fuck, you, your adrenaline's going while you're drinking beer and shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's actual combat. It's like yeah. combat. And I then like, s- but I, s- I think I think when somebody and I don't want anybody to die in the octagon or the cage or anything, but like mm-hmm. when somebody does probably like say you hit them, too, they get knocked out and they just die in there. It's gonna change everything. I think it's gonna change everything. Yeah, I think the vibes they'll they'll be over. Yeah. Like yeah. like like they before before. Before Dale died, like you didn't have to wear the the, the oh yeah the restriction yeah. Yeah, yeah in your car and now it's everybody has you it. have to yeah, yeah. there's not a choice because sure. like when you when you crawl when you go into the car there's only one way to sit in that seat yeah. and it's and you have to connect it otherwise mm-hmm. the car doesn't like you know it doesn't start they don't yeah you, they know you don't have it on or and shit like that but it, the regulation is definitely coming with this because you know there's still a lot of people like in Capitol Hill and stuff like that that don't want the UFC to have all what they what they have, you know. Yeah, yeah. But now they granted they have a lot of money, or the company that bought UFC from the Fertitta brothers, they have a lot of money behind them, right? Sure. So they made this. If it gets, if it gets, you know, bunch of restrictions here in America, they'll just put the shit and put it in the Middle East. Well, that's what Pride is. Uh, yeah. That's why people fight Pride, right? Yeah. Yeah, Pride. They go to Japan and what know, is that thing? Glo- uh, glory, 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 glory yeah. is in uh, Japan or China yeah, or something like that, right. you know, and it's less restriction. You talking but, about one FC? Oh yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like yeah. you know, all these things. Mm. 
if they're going to if they're going to regulate it they're just going to pull it and put it in the fucking desert, yep. right? Mm-hmm. A fight island, you know, and something like that. But it's just, it's not going to go away. It'll just go there. But it'll make people think, like some 20-year-old kid that's had 18 amateur fights, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot of amateur fights, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I know a kid that had, like, 22 before he turned pro. Oh, wow. And I'm like, uh, and, you know, he was he was undefeated, but, you know, he didn't mm-hmm. get punched in the face as a lot, like some guys do. But, like, it's just like, at what point, man, you, when your coaches tell you to turn pro, like, you know, this is like kind of, you're risking yeah, a lot. You're, you're winning, but what are you, don't, you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those guys, a lot of those guys are broke. I'm slick. Uh, you know, even some of the UFC fighters, they only yeah. make like 3,500 for the fight. Yeah, or, it's not. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, 35, the, 35 to show, then 35 to win. So 7,000. Well, it's like after you get done winning, you got to pay your tax. You got to pay your manager. You yeah. got to pay your training they're partners. All, yeah. Cause you know, they're all 1099, yeah. you know, yeah. like, so everything. And the UFC, besides the corporate office, is 1099. Damn. I think the thing with fighting is you basically cite, sign an unwritten contract that you know you're going to possibly die. Oh, absolutely. It's a way yeah. you know, like oh, When yeah. you go into training or when you're going to the ring or octagon or whatever. And I think that most people, they may not want to admit it or not, but you kind of want to see somebody die. Oh, for watching sure. it's, fight. it's not what you want, but it's it's just part of like uh, the human thing. Like when you watch a thing, you're like it's got to end at some point, right? Yeah. I got a shot in Freud where I see one of those fights. I forget one, but I saw one. He got knocked up so bad he had to walk out of the fight for one. He had to stop it. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And when he got back to the dressing room, he was he was stuttering. Mm. Like he got fucked off yeah. so bad just off. I think it was a Tyson fight. Really? Uh, this wasn't UFC. This was boxing, but it was a, he was fighting some Polish dude. Yeah. And yeah, he was like, yo, stop the fight. And then he got back doing the interview and he was stalking like that. And I was like, damn. And I'm not going to lie, it's fucked up. But like, I'm thinking, yo, these guys literally signed a waiver to basically give their life for the sport, potentially. And I mean, so, you know, you might as well have just gotten knocked out, dude. I'd say it. Yeah. I don't really have much sympathy. On a human level, I have sympathy. But. As a spectator, yeah, but it's, it's also spectator, like if it is your choice, uh, yeah, it is your choice. It's, choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like joining the army, you know, basically, you yeah. know, you could possibly get blown away. I think so. Because wow. I mean, like, <laughs> like you, a, yeah. there's a good chance when you, like you said, if you go into the military, you may not come back home, mm-hmm. you know, so even, even, and also either, you know, or hold. Just figure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you come back home, you may not have lost any limbs, but you lost your mind, right? Yeah. All these guys are killing themselves because oh, yeah. every, tw- was it every 23 seconds a veteran kills his life. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, I have a friend that man. He stayed in Iraq, right? Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's here, but dude, he his name is Dave, and he had four tours when it was shit was like legit. They oh, were yeah. fucking, you know, every turn they took, like there 20 was a, years ago, yeah, there, yeah. Every turn they took, there was a gunfight, right? Yeah. yeah, stabbing, you know, he got stabbed like five times, you know, Damn. like, but you know, they have those big thick vests and all that shit on, so you know, like one of them pierced by his neck and something but he's so he's so fucking stupid that he didn't even know it and he just kept on going and then because you know like they say your adrenaline takes over yeah mm-hmm. and he, he didn't even know he was shot one time <laughs> like so, and when yeah. they got to like when they got to the safe zone they pulled the bullet out they fucking put a band-aid like you know like a, i don't uh, know what it's called yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and they just and they fucking he was right back out of it he did that he did that four times he did four tours in the beginning of all this all these wars yo respect and then, a, and then I have another friend that di- drives a fucking gas gasoline truck in, on the in the convoy. That's what his job is. He has to drive the gasoline truck in, wow. the, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. The key when point of getting ambushed, basically. Yeah. 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 Ambush so they're going to fucking target yeah. that one first, right? And then oh, yeah. that blows up, and the next two or three in front of it, or one and two behind it is going to blow up too, right? Or something. Yeah, there's got to be. Like, they probably pick sticks. Like, which one do you want to be today? Because it's really, that's terrifying. I'm going to be real. I feel like what I've heard, when I've spoken to, 
people I, I've spoken to have served as well, you know, uh, Iraq, Vietnam, whatever. And, uh, and I have a friend, I have a friend on social media who's actually in Ukraine right now. And, uh, basically they, they hate going back home basically. And so when they come home, they can't adjust. Mm-hmm. And it's like a whole other thing. Like I think I was talking to my uncle, he was in Vietnam. He did three tours. Damn. And, uh, he said, yeah, he told me, honestly, one of the few times I talked to him about the war, he said, yeah, he didn't want to come back. Because really? he appreciated kind of, I don't know, the the lawless element of warfare, I guess, kind of, you know. And mm-hmm. then when he came back and you have to work at, you know, a line cook, it just doesn't cut it. Yeah. And so you kind of have a lot of struggle and trauma there. And it's, I guess it's kind of like that yeah. guy from Shawshank Redemption that finally got out and he hung himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know, prison, it's just like you, yeah. just, you just can't get adjusted to it. You know, it's just like you're used to those rules or you're used to this, your chaos. And yeah. then you come to something and you're like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. Is that what's going to happen to me if I leave restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, but like, and like back to my friend Dave, this is what I was going with that. He, uh, he lives in Bolivar and like, you know, the whole town had a big thing for him when he came back. He had all these medals and, you know, mm-hmm. his, his dad's like, fuck all these medals. Fuck, get, oh, get the fuck away from us. I don't have my son. You know, he's just, yeah. he just sits there. And, and uh, I haven't talked to the guy in probably 15 years, but like he literally just, he just sits there, you know, and, and then time to eat. Yeah. Eats, sits there. It's different. Yeah. Like having a conversation with him is like, his dad told us it's like impossible and stuff like that. And wow. Is like it, there's because his mind is still back there. Yeah, you know, you remember in that movie? Uh, what's the sniper's name? Chris. Chris Scott, America's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, like he was staring in front of the TV, and we thought he was watching TV show, yeah. but it was actually just in his mind. Yep. Um, that's kind of what, like, what his dad said is, is what he's going because his dad was in the uh, military also. Yeah. But he just said like they don't come back. Sometimes yeah. you just don't come back. You can't and, go back to yeah, and like you said, the same. And then some guys, like you said, need that. They don't want to come home because they yeah. just want to keep on killing and or whatever, right? But that's when they become mercenaries, and that's when they become yep. Blackwater. Yeah, pick, start Blackwater up and stuff like that. And you know, those guys, those guys are getting. You know, a lot of those guys got are getting fucked because they did so much bad shit to yeah. people mm-hmm. that you know they're they're getting charged. Oh by, yeah, by military police, and you know, like they're they're getting picked up left and right still in this country. I heard guys like that though. There's a safe haven, like I said, kind of like now in the social media era. Though a lot of those guys that are getting messed off. They either going to jail in their respective countries, or they're just going to a totally different war zone that's unregulated. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing like a, I read an article about it, and they're doing this rising numbers of people who just can't adjust to home, yeah, or they have trouble at home, and they just join up with these militias and these odd countries, and that's that's that. It's really weird. And it's got to be tough too. Like you got to think like, you know, once you, I've never killed anybody and I don't think any of us have ever <laughs> killed anybody. Right. But can you imagine like you kill somebody and then all of a sudden you, you're like, you got a boner from doing it. Like you're like, holy shit, yeah. this is yeah. fucking awesome. Like, yeah. Oh hell yeah. Let me go kill some ho- fucking hobos now or something, you know, like yeah. that was a special people. <laughs> like they need help more than anybody else. You know, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe none of us necessarily desire to want to go out and kill people, but I think there is, I mean, there's a switch that happens. I think when, it, when, as far as like whoa, the human psyche, whoa, 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 whoa. you're gonna flip on me? Oh, I'm, switch yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna end up dead. What the fuck, yeah. Tony? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, well, I, I think it's. I think it's. I mean, for one, if you you know, if you're going into it, you know what you're going into. Mm-hmm. If you're going to join the military, you know that you at some point in time will or may have to kill, and it, that, that's a decision on its own in the first place. Like just having that, and then like I don't know. That's kind of how 
we were before we were what we are now. I mean, we humans. were, we came from gorillas, man. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like, I think, I hate to say it, but to a certain degree, even if it's just fist fighting, we're not, I mean, not even just like shooting somebody, even just fist fighting, there's always a byproduct. And I know in some, most males, you want to, you know, beat a motherfucker's ass over something. Yeah. You, you, sometimes you fantasize about it. Let's be real. Let's keep it a buck. Once yeah. or twice you've put it before. And so I think it's just violence is just a sub byproduct of the human condition. You know, and just some people, it's higher in some people, and especially when you've experienced hunting another man mm-hmm. and you're going to, I think Hemingway had a quote about it. You know, once a man has engaged in the game of hunting another one, mm-hmm. he doesn't have much appetite for anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much, uh, I think that's what basically what we're seeing in these situations. Do you guys think that in some of these countries, like say, let's just say this is, I'm going to shoot because it's a really rich country, UAE, United Arab oh, yeah. you know? Do you think they have human hunting? I believe so. And you know, you know that, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I was thinking about this the other day. I was driving my, 100%. I was driving at work. I was like, sure. I wonder if like some of these fucking like, you know, because you don't know much about the country anyways, right? Yeah. But we're going to there and visiting because they have all this nice stuff. But like, do you think like the el- super rich of the world, there's like, you know, like a group, a club that you just don't talk about it, but, you, but you're a part of it, right? Yeah. And like you're hunting humans like they may be like sick sick sickly humans or whatever you know but like yeah, yeah. yeah. but like you're still like you can hunt like a human you know? I, like, I, I feel like definitely in those places where there's large plots of land and there's not really much of a big influx of information right you know yeah sure like uae you can't really speak out it's a lot of nice stuff but you can't say anything so i think easily there'd be a place for that I, I yeah let's say I, I was definitely thinking i'm glad someone else thinks that too i'm saying like, there's definitely gotta be Something like this. And they already kind of like do that to people. The governments already persecute certain types of people anyways and lock them up and hide them under the jail. And you don't know shit about it, you know, for 20 years. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. In a place like that. It makes sense. But like, it doesn't sound fun. Like, have you seen a human run versus like actual game? Like Tony was saying. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all I'm saying. Is Tony like, Tony was telling funny. me that usually those trophy hunter guys or the the, the animals yeah. that they're hunting are usually animals. Did you tell me this? I don't know. Someone said this. Well, this they usually say, like like the big game that they go for, like the older animals, the ones that are really disruptive. Like yeah. sometimes, like the elephants are ones running through people's towns mm-hmm. or killing other elephants. Oh or, yeah, you yeah. know. So that's what they do that for to uh, take care of the park, because most of the, like when I went to Africa, like the Serengeti is owned by the government. Yeah. So, like, the Maasai people used to have that land, and then the government took them off the land, kind of like what mm-hmm, they did here. Mm-hmm. And so people like me and my friends and big game hunters can go and spend money, you know, to pay for the park, essentially. Or for, the, you know, the government to make money. Dang. So it's regulated in the, the population stable. Yeah. That, that's different. Than so they're using, like, like the, they're using, like, bad animals? Yeah. Like, like, I, don't yeah know, Tanz- I believe I've read about Tanzania has a somewhat of a, I mean, it's Africa. They have lions mm-hmm. everywhere. But, uh, you know, I was reading that, yeah, they just come into villages and kill, like, slews of people. Mm. And, you know, like, so it makes sense. Like, it's almost a necessity to have yeah. that kind of system in place. I wonder how much something like that cost. Well, thousands of dollars, I'm sure, depending on what. Because they have the big five. You're talking about a permit? What, how much was cost? Yeah, like a permit to, like, hunt a, um, not exotic a human. <laughs> yeah, exotic <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you trying to go to UAE, bro? I, I would say at least tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Because yeah. every time I see a picture, it's yeah. rich people. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a rich dude. It's always a rich person. Yeah. It's usually always a European person. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. never like, I've never, I've never seen a black guy in a picture when I was always a white person. Yeah, yeah with yeah. a mustache and like that, that, that gun <laughs> that looks like a trumpet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you know, it's like, you know, and that's what they enjoy to do. 
you know, that's fine. Like, I'm just like, oh, but pull animal, you know, like, fuck it. Hey, but like I said, you know, sometimes those animals are the ones, like I said, you read the reports, mm-hmm. they're usually disruptive and like causing trouble. So it's kind of like, and I think I don't really sympathize with those people usually, but only thing I can see is like, you know, hunting something that's maybe just as dangerous or more dangerous than yourself. Yeah. I can honestly kind of slick respect that more than somebody who hunts like ducks or doe, you know, cheap fowl. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or, or, as, kind of or as you were saying, like a leper or something like that. <laughs> or <a> leper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, only reason we're on top is because of guns. Well, only reason we're, we're on yeah. top on land, right? Uh. We're not on top on the sea or I guess, I mean, the ocean. No, I mean, I mean like that's why we're the top of the humans. Yeah. Yeah. Humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying like, can I play y'all something actually? Hang on, talk hang, for on a hang on, but in, in, in like in, in the food chain, we're number one, right? Because we control everything or obviously yeah. we have tools, right? Yeah, but yeah, in the ocean, right. we ain't shit. Oh, it's the frontier, right? bro. Yeah. We don't know shit about the ocean still. Yeah. I'm like, still, I'm still waiting for that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the, um, the thing in, in Australia, the mar- marinara yeah, trench. trench yeah. yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's like 12 miles or so. I, don't, oh, yeah. I might be wrong, man, but did it, you say marinara? No, man, fuck <laughs> you. Marinara trench. Mariana, <laughs> no, the marinara trench. Hey, yeah. I, was thinking about, I was thinking about some cheese sticks, but no, um, you know, it's like, it's like 12 miles deep or something it's like that. It's insane. It's like, we don't know what the fuck's down there. Cause we, Hey, we can't get down or, or our coupon can't get down there because of the, um, the pressure, the you know, pressure, crushes yeah. everything. Go My ahead, hope. Tony. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to know what y'all's thoughts on this are. Is it big booty? The things I tell young men is that you should be a monster. You know, because everyone says, well, you should be harmless, virtuous. You shouldn't do anyone any harm. You should sheath your competitive instinct. You shouldn't try to win. You know, you you don't want to be too aggressive. You don't want to be too assertive. You want to take a back seat and all of that. It's like, no, wrong. You should be a monster, an absolute monster. And then you should learn how to control it. Do you know the expression, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war? Right, right, exactly. You guys go first. I know what I think. I go ahead. Well, um, I'll just say on this, um, though at the offset, it sounds, you know, shocking. Mm -hmm. I see where he's coming from. You have to have a certain level of, you know, bravado to do some shit. I agree with him. Yeah. I say, I agree. And I would, I mean, I would say that, 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 that statement isn't made specifically in the way of literally being a warrior. It's yeah. made in the way of the way that you approach, the way that you approach your life and lifestyle. Yeah. Not just exactly. idly by yeah, things happen say. around you. Not being a, not taking a backseat to things, you know? Yeah, but sure. at the same time, a lot of people could take that entire statement and take it closer to being literal. And it could be dangerous for other people too. And they start hunting lepers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think like, you know, when people are like, oh, no, you just need to go be status quo, you know, just don't be loud and stuff like, like, like that. But fuck that shit. Like, I'm trying to get ahead. I'm yeah. to, you know, I, I'm I, I don't I'm a team player to a to a point. But then when they put when there's like a, a goal and if you hit this and you get this and if somebody else beats you to it, they get it instead of you. I'm going to get that fucking oh, yeah. money or whatever that uh, that that cooler or whatever the gift uh, is. Yeah, right. Or whatever, whatever that incentive is. Right. And I'm, I don't care. They're on my team. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, there's four guys on my team, and when it's like when it comes to stuff like this, we don't help each other. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like, sorry man, I ha- yeah I do have these six pack carriers, yeah. and you can't have any though because I know exactly what you're gonna do with them. Yeah, right. Sorry, and that's just it. Like I'm not gonna help him, and he doesn't help me, and they don't help us, and we all we all kind of do it on our own, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where I was gonna go with that thing. What do you think about that thing, Tony? Well, I guess it was kind of like what you guys were saying earlier about how, like, we come from, um, we're animals. 
primates or whatever. And also how you, where was the thing where y'all were saying something about, um, Oh, it's like what Dana White always says. Like we all have fighting in our DNA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's something yeah. like how we got here is we were the strongest swimmer out of everybody else that was in our dad's load. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, you have that survival instinct in you and you have that, you know, that kind of warrior spirit. It doesn't mean you're going to be like a a brute or anything like that, but something I think everybody has some kind of passion Mm -hmm. and they need to take that and run with it. And don't let people push you down, like diminish your, diminish your shine. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's that statement itself. Definitely. It's overt with its meaning. It's like, especially like the, better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the, in the war, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a way that we should approach things, whether it be work or, or anything, the projects that you're working on, anything that, that gives you fulfillment, you should approach with that mindset. Absolutely. But I do, my other side of it is like, until, until it's affecting lives that aren't mine in a, in a negative way, I guess too. Yeah. I think like once people, you know, once people realize what they worth and what they want, it's it's completely different for that person. Sure. It, it, moving, the rest of their life is different. Yes. It's like that the quote thing that Tony posted the other day. Everybody has two lives. And then you realize, what was it? Tony? It was everybody has one life until you realize you're not happy with the one you have. Is that what it was? Remember? It was today, I think. Oh. oh so it was, uh, yeah. So I, know what you're I don't know how to, I don't want to mess up his words. It uh yeah everyone has two lives until you realize you only have one mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's, that's what, what it is, is right it and you're, you're, you're yeah. on track so it's kind of like that so like when people realize how much their what yeah. their self worth is you know it's that's it yeah. and then boom you know kind of like you guys you you realize you don't want to be restaurant people forever mm-hmm. anymore but before the pandemic you guys were you guys were fine with it right for the most part yeah you know like. You're it's content. a means to an end, man. I think we all do stuff yeah. we don't want to do Amen. to get mm-hmm. by. Yeah. You know, that, that's why I looked at it because I didn't really love it. It was exactly how I saw it. It yeah. means to an end. Yeah, and I do love it, but I have to let it go. It's yeah. it's given me a lot, but it's not taking me where I want to be either. Yeah. Let me play this real quick. This is really good. I forgot about. That. Every man has two lives, and the second starts when he realizes he has just one. Wow! It's like a happy person wants 10,000 things. A sick person just wants one thing. It's your unlimited desires that are clouding your peace, your happiness. Have desires. Just don't focus on more than one desire at a time. The universe is rigged in such a way that if you just want one thing and you focus on that, you'll get it. But everything else, you gotta let go. Mm. That's really deep too, mm-hmm. because, you know. And then, and then, well, I love Joe Rogan, but he always ruins things because, like, he's the, he's he's he's, the, he's like the day. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, yeah, that's crazy. He, go, he said that whole thing. He goes, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, it's not like, <laughs> yeah, it could, could, could have definitely come up with something better, Joe. You know, like, <laughs> wow. But he's like, "Oh, wow." Maybe his edible hit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you know, like, I was just like, "What the fuck?" And then I was listening to that. I was like, "Damn, that's really good." But it's true. Mm. You know, it's, well, I think that goes back to what you were saying about like your Facebook feed. Like I don't see the stuff that he sees and we're kind of friends with the same people, but I think also you can curate your feed to what you want to see and Mm -hmm. you can unfollow those people. You Mm -hmm. don't have to delete them as a person. You can just unfollow what they're posting. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of people don't like the fucked up shit I post. 
and they probably haven't <laughs> followed me for it. But, you know, it's just like, you know, it, it also you have the right to post that because it's your feed. You know, you can do whatever you want with it. But if you don't want to see it personally, just don't look at it. Exactly. It's kind of like. I can't believe he posted that. Let's see what he posted today. <laughs> hey, I deleted him off my friend's list. Can you can you pull up Anthony Martin, please, in your phone? Thanks. Like, I don't know. That's it's just, you know, and I just hate that. Some And, I, you know, I've known some of these people a long time and they're just so out there now with oh, their yeah. with their with their theories that they that they believe because i think some of my fr- old friends believe if they see it on Facebook, it's real. They won't they will refuse to just. Google mm. the first five words to see what pops up, mm-hmm. right? The, the thing about people like that, like, and you, you'll see it even like when like daily show people come and like troll people like that, you'll have people say things. They will literally say, I believe what I believe. And I, and no, I don't have articles. I don't have resources. I just believe what I believe. And that's okay. It's okay to believe that, but you can't always take your opinion as fact. Yeah. yeah. All right. And I think like we live that, in a country where that validates that kind of behavior. And I think that's why it's kind of, you know, Freedom of speech. Yeah, I yeah freedom of speech is, is, is feel, you know, being bent. It is that and third. It's like, yeah. Alternate facts is whatever her fucking name called it. Uh, you know, they've actually made that a real thing. It's mm-hmm. a video. You know? I mean, yeah, freedom of speech doesn't mean you can say some shit that's wrong and then, you know, maybe not get fired by somebody that's not a business associated with freedom of speech organizations. Yeah, freedom yeah, of speech, yeah. not freedom of consequence. That's right. So yeah. the thing is, when people say shit and, you know, and they get caught saying on Facebook and then, so one of my friends actually reported this girl for a comment she left on my Morgan Well Morgan Weller, oh yeah Morgan Weller post I made. I was like, oh man, you know, you got caught, you know, saying some fucked up shit, and you know, we we all know how this is going to work. He's going to donate some money to the NWCAP of Tennessee or whatever, mm-hmm. and his record sales are going to go way up, which they're up like already by like yeah. two thousand percent. But like, it's like okay, that's fine. But she said, you know, I really, you know, I think he, I think he had the right. I mean, not, she didn't say, she said, you know, he was at his own house and that neighbor was being nosy. And I was like, well, you know, he still, he still got caught doing it. Mm -hmm. And then my friend took his, her screenshot, her comment and call and sent it to H her HR. Like he didn't hesitate. He's like, I'm going to give you five minutes to say you're wrong. And then I'm going to report you to your HR. Yeah. He actually did it. Yeah. And then the next day she hit me up. She's like, hey, do you think you can get your friend to delete that? Because my my HR said that they, he just needs to delete the comment off their page and then it'll be over with. Mm-hmm. They're not going to fire me, but I, they just want it gone. So mm-hmm. I texted him. I was like, hey, man, you need to go and delete that comment off their page because I know she's not racist. I've known her a long ass time. Okay. And I think maybe you think she was being being uh being a supporter of a racist but i don't think that's what she meant but he ended up doing it you know and long story short i was just like fuck that girl could almost almost lost her job over Mm. something like this Mm. but i don't know he did it and you know it was just that quick that she could have lost her job Mm -hmm. but you're the other guy that actually did the wrong is you know getting praised by all all these people and you know these record sales are through the roof and everything else, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's ironic. Cause it's the same thing that's happening right now. Like, like, you know, so-and-so got acquitted and everything that they said made people do things they weren't supposed to do and they got in trouble for it. And they still like the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. How do you feel about how like Twitter got rid of him once he was done? Um, don't you think they play a little blame in the game? Too? Absolutely. I mean, they yeah, let yeah. it go on for this long. Yeah. They didn't yeah. start throttling like the types of things you can say, at any point in time, because that's the, that's, you know, that's the, the America we live in. You're not, you're not supposed to do that. And it also like, it, I mean, 
advertising alike, like surely Twitter was making money in some capacity. Oh, so, yeah. they, they kept yeah. them on because they because Twitter. Keep in mind, I think when Trump hit the scene, Twitter blew up. Mm-hmm. I don't He's remember a Twitter it. star. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like this under Obama. I mean, yeah. it was a thing, but it wasn't like magnitude. People yeah. just checked in to see what this guy was saying, <laughs> and so they were just doing it for the numbers. And then when he just got out of office, you're you like, know, oh, it's close enough. We're done with this. Team. And yeah. the insurrection happened. Yeah, they're just gonna okay. We have to stop because people, five people have died. Yeah. So yeah, we gotta. Stop well, it's this. just it's petty though because Twitter could have stopped a lot of things in the past by not giving him a platform. Mm-hmm. Like right. not just because he's the president doesn't mean he deserves a platform on your private in in your private organization. Yeah. What do y'all think about how they pulled? Uh, was it called Parler from uh, the platform? Oh yeah. Um, I I made a fake Parler. I made one. Too. <laughs> what was that? What was Parler now? Parler is basically like uh, it's all like right Facebook. Twitter. It's all like Twitter. Yeah, all white Twitter. It's like oh, okay. Facebook without the. Uh, the guidelines, you okay. know, you I, just free speech. Nobody can say, oh, you said you posted some Stormfront shit on here. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're not going to report you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. basically what it was. My yeah. my goal with it was to, I literally said it in my biography. I made it and I said, I'm a registered Democrat and I would, I'm seeking dignified conversation with people of the other side. This seems to be the place <laughs> with the highest population. Not a single comment no except for, shit. you know. Links to Q and shit like that. And, 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 you know, obviously there was, you know, hate speech directed at me because I wasn't, you know, exactly the prime demographic for that platform. either. (laughs) And uh, and then you see people post things. That's that's where that whole echo chamber gets really dramatically almost hilarious in a way, but still terrifying because you you have people that like otherwise rational people that are saying things like people that, that you would kind of you know, have a regular conversation with in real life, but they will say like uh, hyperbolic things and they'll tag Donald Trump and be like, we love you. And we think you had the most v- votes of any president of all time. That's, that's asinine. Yeah. So do you think that they're pushing those people back underground by getting rid of these platforms on the, on the surface? Yeah. They're, they're going to run to find something else. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the whole thing, like I said, with Trump and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we're not, I don't think we've seen the last of them all because he's not the president and on yeah. Twitter, you know, they're talking about he's starting. Uh, okay. So if he doesn't, if he doesn't run in 2024, if he doesn't become president again, he's definitely starting that news company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're definitely starting that political party to mm-hmm. fuck up the Republicans in the election. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people, I think just, you know, it's just an example of people, uh, need to be vigilant and not satisfied by these petty gestures. Yeah. If they really want to avoid seeing him make an impact like he did again. And yeah. also well, in, in, on, on a semi inverse, like I, I would, I would much rather know that somebody is stupid or dangerous or racist than not know it too. Mm-hmm. What uh, there's a, I don't know how to, how to parlor was kind of good for that. It kind of like, if you knew how to go about it, you would find a lot of people, you know, that's another thing. It's one thing seeing somebody to be aware of. Yeah. And then there's another thing, you know, saying blatantly, like, not even like right wing. It's just like hateful shit. Yeah. And you was like, oh, wow, I went to school with this guy. And you're like, you know, you assumed it, but you never mm-hmm. knew that they would go that far down the end. Yeah. It's like until damn. they thought they didn't. Until they thought they were invisible. And until then, they yeah, thought they were invisible. Then, yeah. And then, or in, until they thought they were in the quote right company. And so, you know, they just and then they forget they was owned by Google. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, jokes on them. So then it's like I said, it just I think Parler was a really good. You know, human experiment to see how people don't know how to really cover their ass. It's kind of like that uh, Family Guy skit where the the guy's about to tell a black joke and the little Stewie or the black guy keeps popping up out of the pot or something like that. What'd you say? What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, man. It's just like I think like, I think really people need to be weary about like, yo, the internet is not really a safe space for anything. You know, no, there's always think- somebody looking. It's like they say, people say whatever they want on the internet because they can't get punched in the face. For sure. You know, because yeah. like if you were to say to somebody to directly to them, it wouldn't go over as oh, fly, no. you know? Oh, no. Oh, no. I know a guy that um, saw somebody stealing from him on his thing. He's like, and then he found the guy on Facebook, right? He's like, man, next time I see you, I'm going to beat the living fuck out of you. Even if you bring my shit back, I'm still going to beat the fuck out of yeah. you. The guy was like, man, fuck you. You ain't going to do shit, bitch. I'll be back to rob you again, blah, blah, blah. The guy literally saw him on the side of the walking down. Some, they were wa- He was walking somewhere, and he saw him, ran up to his car, pulled him out of the car, and beat the fuck out of him. The guy didn't yeah. do shit that was the keyboard warrior or yeah. robbed him, you know? Oh, and he apologized. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, I'm sorry, I'll get your shit back. And he was like, and, and someone has a, there's a recording of this. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where it was at. And he just saw him and started beating the fuck out of him. He was like, nice. you ready for this? And he just started beating the shit out of him, man. I was like, like oh, no, you know, no, that, that wasn't <laughs> me. That, mm, yeah. You got the wrong guy, dude. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck. What do you guys, yeah. What do you guys think about, like, I don't know if it's called, is cancel culture? Like Gina Guerrero yeah. getting fired the other day yeah. um, for her comments. Sure. What do you think about that? I feel like, for the record, depending on what, you know, the circumstances are most people uh, cancel themselves. If you ask me. Yeah. I think that's really what I think really more than anything. You know, I don't think it's really like I said, you, you said it yourself. It's not a culture around it. I don't think it's really fair to say. I think like what I noticed, man, is like there's a few people that have been canceled successfully. And there are those who, you know, are still working. And, uh, you know, like, you know, and I think, um, it's crazy enough, unless it's like you, unless you really didn't harm anybody or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. ain't shit getting canceled. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, you ain't canceling shit. Like that, that, that girl, Gina, whatever her name is, she's going to find work with somebody well, else. Well, she, she posted that she already found work with Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah you Shapiro. know, she, they're doing a movie together. Yeah. But, you know, Tony sent me thinking, he goes, Star Wars greater than Ben Shapiro, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they had a, they, they had a spinoff for her yeah they were they were gonna start yeah, yeah she was a big character you know they, show, you know yeah. like um they, they had a spinoff ready or they were gonna start filming it when they were gonna start filming uh the book of um boba fat yeah you know they had they were gonna do side by side they were filming together and you know granted she still has work but i'll tell you what she's not gonna have the money that was gonna be coming it was all the action figure money and oh, all yeah. that bullshit mm-hmm. because they canceled all of that stuff yeah. uh, how um oh, wow. disney called hasbro and said don't make her characters i read that Two days ago, damn, yeah. and dude, she had like a whole like line of like shit that was going to come out, come out with Disney. All that shit is getting pulled from. It's not even going to hit stores now. They're just going to, I guess, eat it. So is she digging into it? Like she's just saying that this is me, and I agree with what yeah. I said. Yeah, pretty much because yeah, pretty she much. Uh, she she finally uh, broke her silence about it. She was like, "Well, you know, I mean." Kind of like you know, people probably was looking for an apology because they probably want to bring her back, right? But they're like, he was, she was, she just, she went the opposite direction with that mm-hmm. when she opened when she, she spoke about it, rather, yeah, yeah. she's like, fuck it, uh, uh, and yeah. and then she was like, and that, that was it. Hey, look, I mean, y'all remember Mel Gibson? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, like R.I.P. You know, uh, say what you will. He's not in the same movies he was where he's like the Christian father, you know, fighting a war or some mm, shit. Yeah. You know, it's different. But like, he's still working. Yeah. And I think he just needed to. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the fact of the matter is people like that, they will, you won't see shit out of them for maybe, okay, like two or three years. You probably, you probably won't see much. But like, you know, if they find a way to keep working again, people, people have short memories. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, she just said, I think I read what she said. 
you know, so it wasn't like I think she she said some like stuff that was translated as transphobic or something like yeah. that. You know, the the robot noises as the he or her type thing. She put beep boop or whatever, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you know, and I, so that's not like life ruining, you know. She, yeah. But like she wasn't throwing hard R's around, so I feel like you know, if they stop working, then yeah, they cancel themselves. But it's like um, yeah. like the country star, you know dropping the hard R in that video, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like... And you saw what he's getting, like I said, 2,000% yeah, in sales. Yeah, right but right. that's been part of country music forever. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was reading a, a Snapchat thing about this. Yeah, just this. not lyrically. Yeah, and, but, like, <laughs> you know, it's it's in some lyrics, too. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. David uh, Allen Coe, yeah. And what's the other guy's know. name? He was doing, he did Monday Night Football intros for a long time. Oh shit! Uh, Are you ready for some football? Yeah, guy? that guy. Yeah, you know he 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 dropped a bunch of racist stuff like yeah, not even twenty years ago. You know, yeah. in mm-hmm. some stuff, and he he fucking spokesperson for the NFL got five years ago. You know, so I just feel like, like you said people are gonna forget what you did. Yeah, because most people forget what they ate for breakfast, right? Exactly. When they ask, so yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, he, she, oh, I don't think he meant it badly. Uh, who care? And then yeah. you know, you got people like, yeah, brother, keep on dropping yeah, that yeah, word, yeah, yeah, brother. You know, like, come on, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah, and you know, and I never knew who he was until he did this, right? There's yeah. probably a lot of people like, oh, let me listen to this guy's song, and they paid the doll seventy nine or whatever it is on iTunes yep. or you know, and they, they downloaded it, right? And now he's even bigger than he ever was yep. or ever could have been. Yep. Yeah, oh, man. But, but it's, I don't like that at all. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. It's like, man, I kind of worked backwards, right? Yeah. Like, but no, that's exactly how. That's how, that's how the, the past four years have gone. That's exactly. Yeah, how it exactly. There's, there's no such thing really when it comes to. I know when you're a musician, there's really hardly anything wrong with bad. There's nothing. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Mm, yeah. At least, like I said, like I said earlier before we got into this conversation, unless you didn't murder or rape anybody, if, you know, then you're probably not going to get like wholesalely canceled and taken yeah. down, yeah. you know, like, like the culture insinuates. Did you guys see that Tori Hudat? Do you know, you guys know who Tori Hudat is? I, know, I do. Yeah. She got, um, they wrote a story about her on Billboard magazine. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. What did she do? I don't know. They just had a big write up about her. What, 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 <laughs> with, with the conversation I, we're having, it sounds like she did a bad thing. Yeah, a no, bad no, no, thing. no, 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 I'm sorry. Tori didn't do anything bad. They, they were talking about some, um, uh, female rappers, I guess, uh-huh. and they fucking wrote about Tori Hudet. I think that's really that's cool. cool. Hell, yeah. Is this on your notes or something? The Tori Hudet thing? Yeah. No, I saw I it this saw morning it. on. Her I'm Instagram. just wondering where the transition went. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. He was talking about musicians, and that was that was. That's you the... were talking about a racist musician, possibly. <laughs> Speaking of racist musicians, here's somebody that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Just, just, like the Tory just chop that up the right racist. way, Tony. My bad. My bad. Just chop it up the right way. What do you think about the Tory Lane situation, though? Who? Tory Did he Lanes. shoot that girl in the foot? Shot Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Fuck, so man. Like, and yo, he's like making tracks and shit about it. Really? Uh, yeah, he's wow. out. Like, everybody said, people have short memories. They're about to cancel Tory Lanez. Well, yeah. what about I mean, like this? She's like, hey, look, let me just shoot you. And that way I can get some people to support me. Did you see? Yo, <laughs> you know? Did you see he shot her in the foot? Yeah, yeah. I, heard, you, yeah. yeah I saw the pictures. I'm not That's what I'm lie. saying. Like, yeah, it didn't look like maybe, maybe what, oh, was, what yeah. if it was like a setup? Like, you know, remember like when rappers used to do like beef before their records came out, sure, and then yeah. they were like best friends, like fucking suckers. You just bought both yeah. our records, dumbasses. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's kind of like that. Like, hey, okay, I'll let you shoot me in the foot. Yeah. Go ahead, and you get your record out. You know, I'm a grazer. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that shit looked like. It looked like graze, and then yeah, it became a whole thing. I like, I like the, I like the shoot in the foot graze, Megan the Stallion. I've got a farrier joke. I don't know how to tell it though. <laughs> 
<laughs> usually they usually they put people down after that or horses, I guess. <laughs> oh shit! I love Meg though. She's hot. Yeah, she's oh, like, she's real too. I like that's I, great. Um, her and Cardi B do not give a fuck no. what they say. They should. Like Cardi B made a Valentine's Day thing. Oh, she's people are like, how could you say that? She's talking about a man needs to do this for Valentine's Day for a woman, you know? And I, all these all these people are like, no, that's not right. You can't say that. And she's like. Oh, I said it, and mm-hmm. you need, he doesn't need to get over it. Yeah, and that's what she said. Just okay. Well, I'm gonna go fuck my big dick boyfriend, and you guys enjoy the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's just like goddamn. Like who cares? Some of this stuff is just getting ridiculous, man. I think. I think it's just people like holding on because you know people talking about uh, oh, you know, I think they had a video or whatever, and it was like really, uh, you know, it was like it was a gay conscious. You know, it was like gay conscious. Let's just say that mm-hmm. it was like you know. It was very girl on girl themed, basically. Mm. And people were talking about, yo, our ch- children look up to you and such and stuff. And I'm like, well, yo, your kids shouldn't be listening to like Meg Thee <laughs> Stallion and Cardi B, dumbass. Yeah. Like, this is how yeah. it is. Yeah. Because they were, I think I know what you remember what you're talking about because there were people were like, oh, how can you say that kind of stuff? You know, there's nine and 10 year olds listening. Like, and then they were both like, my daughter doesn't even listen to my own music. Yeah. What are you talking about? And like, you know, like, it's like we put this music, they put this music out. But their kids don't listen to it. They don't let the kids listen to their own music because right. it's so dirty, right? Right. It's kind of like, why is your young ass child listening to the music anyways? Right. They're like, so offended for it. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like if you can't if you can't control the content that your child sees, why do you have to control the content that everybody else sees? And why should you even say anything about it if you yeah. don't even really letting your keeping an eye on your kid? Exactly. Like, and yeah, yeah. It's one, like the guy. It's like the guy that stole the car, and then this is through a story. The guy stole a car, and there was a baby in the back. Right. The mom was oh, inside the store. Shit. He brought the car back and started yelling at the mom for having a kid in the locked car. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Some so, people really think like that, yeah. It was it was crazy. I was like, what the fuck? This guy just but like, there was a baby in the backseat. He was like, oh shit, I'm gonna I gotta take this kid back. You know, for yeah. real. Like But it's like, oh, I have a conscience. I'm a thief, but I'm gonna you know, I'm not gonna steal a baby. Like, yeah, that's I'm a good parent. Uh, but I'm, but I'm, yeah, I'm a thief. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, you know. I'm just I was just stealing this car to make a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. It's not worth this child's For life. For my child, I don't keep in the car. Yeah. yeah. What if that was my child? Yeah. <laughs> he was taking, but it's like, you are a bad mom. Yeah. You guys watch uh, Jackass? Jackass? Yeah, oh, Bam Margera got kicked out because of his drinking problem. Apparently, no. Think, well, apparently, he was doing. He canceled themselves, by the way. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he definitely. He, I mean, they, they they keep on helping this guy by giving him opportunities. You know, like uh, Jackass Crew, yeah, or whatever yeah. it's called. What, uh, Paramount, yeah, yeah Johnny yeah. Knoxville, yeah. and then you know, like I saw that, and they literally asked him like five or six times, dude, stop doing fucking hard drugs yeah. on set. Yeah, he they, and then eventually, you know, Johnny Knoxville's arms are eventually. You know, his arms are tied because they work for Paramount. Everyone yep. works for Paramount as the big company, right? mm-hmm. and then it's umbrella under them, right? When yeah, the, they run the franchise, right? When the when the when the big people are saying y'all didn't handle that, and yeah. then you don't handle it, it's gonna start looking bad for all your little yep. friends, right? Absolutely. Because everyone's probably doing some fucked up shit, you know. And except for Steve-O, because you know he's still sober. Yeah. Steve-O sober, like yeah. yeah. But like they you know they all help. They're, they've all they've all started help Bam Majera. Get yeah. off his drug, and then you know, eventually, they were like, "Fuck it, you're gone." They're like, "You gotta go." Yeah, like Ryan Dunn's like, I know he's, he's still fucked up about the Ryan Dunn thing, but mm-hmm. that's almost been ten years, bro. Yeah, you gotta yeah. make something happen. Yeah. And like, you know, like Facts. it's it's like your friends can only help you so much. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you have to help yourself do it too. You know, Damn like right. he's gotta want to get sober. I have I have a strong opinion about that. I mean, like that's the opinion that I share. Like, like I will go out of my way to help people if they need it. 
but you can only help people so much until they start to want to help themselves. That's right. the, that's the most you can get out of right, it. Right, because yeah. it gets really annoying, right? Yeah. When you're trying yeah. to help somebody and they're not taking your or, your, or hey man, look, I'm ready. Help me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's let's start with this. Let's start clear this out. Mm-hmm. You know, delete these numbers out of your phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay, yeah, I'll do, I'll do I'll do it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. No, do it now. No, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, but why just need some time? Yeah, yeah. 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 Just well, you know, let me get high one more time, and then you're like, fine, okay. Well, call me when you're ready. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking call me. And then yeah. you get irritated, right? Yep. It's, it's irritating trying to help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to like. I mean, everybody has to protect their peace. Like, you can only do it for so long until it hurts you too much. You know? Yeah, yeah. that's becomes parasitical behavior. Like we've had that happen a couple times with friends. We grew up in Desoto County, and. It's bad down there. That whole that whole lifestyle thing is. It's it, it, it. They moved. They moved a lot of agents, federal agents, to to Desoto County. To well, fix there ain't that. shit to do in Desoto County. Yeah, but it, but yeah. them being there pretty much just made it worse. Yeah. Mm. Too. What was going on there? It's almost like censorship. Just a big opiate problem. Everybody, oh, yeah. literally, yeah. I would say like a third of the people we kicked it with in high school when we were kids, they grew up and they got hooked on opiates, pills, heroin, real bad. Damn. We lost about five people we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, you know, like I said, a lot of it you saw was that people, they just really didn't, for whatever various reason, they didn't want to get the help. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it took over. That's kind of, uh, a, an underlying theme And the, the film that we're working on has, mm-hmm. has the utmost empathy and sympathy for anybody involved with substance abuse. But it, it, from my experience, the, the way that's written also represents, you know, how it affects people around you too. And it's in it's it's the it's not that the story the the story we're telling is necessarily sad, but it does it does reflect certain personalities and makes like heavy comments about substance abuse. In in I, I would say more so it it really also portrays the absurdity of it, and like I said, like in terms of like the overall damage because there's know, always the choice of no, but you always say yes because things can go from zero to a hundred real quick mm-hmm. when you're dealing with somebody that's you know, frankly fucked off really bad yeah. and they can't yeah. get help. And so, you know, there's only so much you could do. And sometimes you just, the best thing you could do for that person is let them go. Yeah. Figure it out. May the bridges they burn light the way. And then, well, and, but no, everybody needs a support system, but they, they have to, they have to, you know, you can't just, most people don't even know their friends are using until four or five years later. Yeah. Until you realize it. And uh, it's, it's really painful sometimes to, to see it. And, but you, I mean, like this, like I said, like you, you can only help so much until you really have to protect your peace. Mm-hmm. So how did the film get started? Um, can I take this one? No, go ahead. So I was working at, uh, it, we had your birthday there, uh, P.O. Press in Carver. Oh, badass place. Badass place, R.I.P. Uh, that was that was the like the pinnacle of like having a restaurant family. Some, like people that were like work friends that were like a really a work family. And it's not like the, that your manager was like, hey, man, we're a big old family. Like you just really had that with people mm-hmm. that we it was it was all of the people that came in into this restaurant were people from other restaurants that were sick of working in all other kinds of restaurants. And the, the conglomerate made something really special. But just like any other restaurant or even a family or whatever, you still have your tension and weird things that happen. And so a lot of things happen. And I took those and rewrote those into a screenplay like maybe two and a half years ago. Me and Fred sat down in the midst of the pandemic last summer, mm-hmm. finished out the, the timeline of the whole movie, like the outline itself. And the next day I spent seven hours just writing dialogue. Mm-hmm. We finished it. I sent it to Fred. He read it. About two hours later, he was like, we can start filming this in the next two weeks. And I was like, holy uh, shit. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I was, I, st- I just, I just kind of laughed. I scoffed at it for a second. And he was like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, 
Because okay, I was like, yeah, if we wait any longer, we'll never get mad. It'll never get mad. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yes. I agree. So, yeah. so like that's so we started doing the thing uh, with a pretty much a zero budget. We, ba- I mean, we our, our agreement was that you know whoever would want to do it and will do it, especially in this particular like financial and political climate, it, we're only going to take people that would do it for fun plus drinks and food. So that's been the agreement for a while. And we started doing this thing, and we've we've basically rewritten it in some ways, like two or three times, but it still sticks to its bones in some way. Uh, but it's really, really, really fun to to see something that you the whole the whole thing was written about, like you know, a little micro family that I had in a really trying time, mm-hmm. and how I mean, even just the general dysfunction of it is kind of hilarious. Like you, it was. I mean, honestly, think that P.O. Press was one of the best restaurants in Memphis. It really, it really had the utmost potential. But another thing that's kind of a theme existing in the film in a minor, minor capacity is like uh, property ownership, which is mm-hmm. always a a, a a a dialogue in America. And what had happened was the business closed not because we were any we were you know high profitability like this was i mean we were rocking shit yeah and then you know some the dickhead that we were renting the building from we discovered black mold in the building and Mm -hmm. you know to the testament of our owners at the time they were like we're not going to endanger i don't know our business our our employees or especially our guests because this person won't fix this. And they, and by the way, the business is still, uh, you know, the building is still up for sale right now too, which is just obnoxious that the fact that it wasn't ever uh, rectified, that there was black mold in the building and that building is still being sold somewhere. Wow. But uh, the movie itself follows two characters, uh, a front of house manager and a sous chef, and they both have their substance abuse struggles. Um, and it does paint a picture of the uh, of our stigmatized reaction of people's substance abuse. One one's a heroin addict. One does a cocaine. One is of little means. One is of much money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it 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 paints a very distinct line between how we. It, there was a post on Instagram a few weeks ago, and I was like, "What are some things that are that are that are trashy when you're poor, but classy when you're rich?" Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It and it, it really follows mm-hmm. those two parallels along each other. Yeah, because having money and doing drugs is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, being yeah. being not you're not rich, for, dude. Yeah, you're yeah. destitute. That's it. <clears throat> being yeah. not rich and doing drugs. What the fuck? Fucking trash ball. Get yeah. out of here, yeah. junkie. You know. But when you yeah. have money and you're doing it, it's oh okay. It's so trashy. It kind of like to, if you do crack and smoke or smoke crack and do cocaine and pretty much the same thing. One's on you just yeah, yeah. smoke one. Yeah, yeah. 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 they call it ready rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's basically the gist of it. And I mean, basically, in order fire, that's kind of the the reaction and we kind of show that with the characterization of both of them, even though they live in different means, um, you know, they share a personality, they share a personality. They think they're really bigger than who they really are when everybody sees them as kind of, you know, uh, liability or so to speak, or they Mm -hmm. know that something, something wicked is about to come out of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, our front of the house manager is basically a leading force of that, you know, kind of on the higher end of the spectrum. And it's getting to the point where he forgets, you know, his place. There's a lot of people, um, you know, like say his, his struggle is cocaine and the sous chef struggles with heroin in the okay. film. And uh, basically the sous chef, um, you know, his he he starts to fail at his job. And basically the back of the house is at risk of, you know, losing its end. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, uh, you know, vice versa with the front of the house. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, the 
it with, becomes there's a criminal element basically there's a yeah there's a criminal element and uh and and you know everybody gets uh, it's a food film so everybody gets their just desserts i guess <laughs> Uh, but it, it's, it's definitely, you can see, you can see like that sort of invisible line throughout the, the whole thing. Like there's these two characters, they're basically the same, but they're treated very differently from each other. Absolutely. One has way more friends and I feel like, uh, that's what enables him to basically, you know, uh, his downfall really. He feels like he has all the support mm-hmm. and, uh, there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah. Therefore. And, uh, the other one basically is just in a state of you know, isolation. And that's basically the fuel to their fire. And it just, uh, the main, basically the back of the house kind of manager, uh, character played by Nick here is kind of like the force in the middle of I'm that a chef, dude. chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna call it like it is. So he's a chef, but basically he's forced in the middle and, uh, he is, his problem is that he's too underpaid to handle all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's his only fault. And so, yeah, my only goal is to get food out the kitchen, get really. the food out the kitchen and, you know, keep the really restaurant from falling apart. And it basically puts you in a kind of a leadership situation, you know, at the end. And I've seen this at a couple of restaurants I worked with. You had a GM who would show up at clock in, uh, but they would never take the lead. You know, you would have full on fights breaking out in the back and they couldn't do dick about it because they didn't have the aptitude to do it. And there you have, like I said, a back of the house lead breaking these guys up. It's, it's kind of like nobody respects that GM. Yeah. And then people respect, say, the the dishwasher more than they respect the, the GM yeah. and the GM, yeah. the dishwasher is like, y'all the fucking knock that shit out. Yeah. Fucking shake and go, go work. Right. And That's the, actually and the, a testament and, too. And the yeah. GM is probably sitting there Oh man, you handled that really well. Now yeah. get back to work. Yeah. I'm gonna go back in the office. That's, so, yeah, that's yeah. Okay. That's okay. You know, like I, I unfortunately, yeah. I don't know. It's like how did this person get to this position, and how is the person that's in the entry level did wash dish? Yeah. dish he he's, hasn't moved up the chain. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, it's kind of like what the that's, fuck. That's my whole thing. Is like I I I I you know I play devil's advocate sometimes, but my my general thing is like if you work in a restaurant, I, I my role in restaurants is typically run a house manager in some capacity, mm. that or a bar a bar leader whatever. And my whole thing, especially when like you have servers and like they'll 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 be upset about the kitchen talking to them some kind of way, which you know there is a certain yeah, level of breach that you have to watch out for. But like usually you have people that are sweating for eight hours a day that are that are you know that are getting asked questions by people yeah. that are the people that are supposed to know the menu best besides them. Mm-hmm. And you know like my 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 greater part of empathy lies in the back of house than it does the front of house because uh, first off like financial division like who makes the most money and also like who does the most work you know like. It's 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 definitely uh, something to be considered. In America, it's way different too. You know, other countries. The, the, oh, there's no tipping in Europe, for instance. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Because you know, different. So yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. When I went, I went to Spain two years ago, and it was like that because they get a salary. Yeah. 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 France was the same way. Yeah. 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 They, they, they you know, it's kind of like without the back of the house, there's no restaurant, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> because yeah. if you don't have chefs or whatever positions filled, yeah. you know what? Your food's not coming out, and if you piss the chef off. And you piss the main people off in the kitchen, oh, yeah. they're gonna make your tickets take longer mm-hmm. and your tip's gonna start dwindling yep. and dwindling. I have, and dwindling I have watched that happen in real life before. You know what I'm nowhere saying? in Memphis, but in like actually ironically a very well run yeah, a very well run hotel in Florida that I worked in. When they the the chef was like at some point this person this server was being an actual terrible human being. Mm. And I don't even know how she had a job in a four star hotel. And the chef goes 
she's on hold now. <laughs> everything else, everything that's a ticket right behind her pushed them all forward. Because he knows everything, <laughs> the kitchen, the, the computers were in there. So he could see her put an order in and the person behind her too. So he would <laughs> he would allocate her space in, in on, on the ticket wheel to the person directly behind her in line. Damn. Hey, but like, you got to put respect on that because you got to treat everybody with the respect that you accept for yourself. And back of the house, like I said, they keep the shit running. It's, yeah. it's like Tom Hardy said, you have to treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. CEO 100, right? Damn 100%. right. You know, it's Damn like, right. you know, it, they might they, they may have a eight dollar position washing dishes, but I promise you that eight, that that dishwasher probably knows more about that restaurant than any any corporate manager oh, or anybody yeah. that's coming through that whatever you yeah, know. Because they're the only person that's touched every single part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you like, know, even in the gross way with their actual hands. Who cleans the toilets in a restaurant? You bag a house. Yeah, yeah. Bag house, yeah. And they don't even work with the people that use the <laughs> bathrooms. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. But like it's it, it just says like you know a lot of times people they don't, people don't want to work together and stuff mm. like that. It's like, you guys are, it's kind of like, it's like kind of like a lot of like uh, sales and, and sales jobs. Right. So mm. we are, you're selling and then you have our drivers coming and delivering right the next mm-hmm. day or whatever. It's kind of like they're to their own team. We're mm. our own team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to go work with my driver. Cause when I need a favor from my driver, yeah. he's going to do it for he's me. He's the one if, who's going to do if, the thing. If I have an off day delivery, that's like say 50 cases and, yeah. and, and I never ever helped him or anything. He's not going to deliver it. He's going to say, Hey, I'm dropping the load at X store. You need to go put it up. Yeah. Don't do off day deliveries anymore. But since I'm cool with my driver, he lets me do stuff like that mm-hmm. and he'll, he'll run it and you know, he'll take care of it for me, you know, stuff like that. But I think if, if more people just work together and stuff like that, it'd be so much better in all these restaurants, man. Cause sometimes I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the fuck is really going on? Yeah. yeah. It's a big me culture. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Very big me culture. and then sometimes you go to a restaurant, you'll see like a server busting a table that wasn't his or hers. And it's like, like, Oh, okay. Well, this person, this this place is gonna make it because these people are working together. I can see, yeah, it's cool, you know. But there and, are those with the martyrdom complex, and they, I think they're just as bad. As I mean, yeah, I only did clean like three of your tables earlier, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are those motherfuckers though too. Just for a clarification, I will say that's another theme in the movie too is martyrdom. Mar- there's a lot yeah. of martyrdom in the service industry yeah. that's not really addressed. Yeah. And, and and and, and the reason that this thing exists is because there is a distinct enabling culture. I, when I was working in Florida, I had left the hotel we just talked about, and I went to a place that was like, you know, the hottest spot in that neighborhood I was working in. And I was like, it, it really, there's a waiting list to apply to, mm-hmm. to like interview for that job. And I got in because mm-hmm. the general manager liked me and we had drank together a couple of times. He's like, yeah, I'll pull you in. I fucked up everything. But uh, if, in, in that whole thing, like it didn't go well for me. But when I was there, uh, the, the thing that was said to me specifically, he was like, now, um, yeah, you've been, you know, out to drink with some of these people and you've seen some of the things they mm-hmm. do. My whole rule is if you can perform, you can do anything and your, your personal life is none of my business. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, and if, if it, if, you know, if you're, if your whole thing is quiet, you do what you want to, as long as it doesn't disturb the peace or image of the restaurant, you can do what you want to. And that's, a, that's an ideology that's often spread throughout like the service industry, whether it be intentional or not. But that's the type of, you know, people think and have to acknowledge that like, I describe people in restaurants as pirates or like circus people. Like it's always very strange people, but often high functioning too. Yeah. There's a guy that I worked with and he was very open about the time he, uh, just openly went to Oregon to smoke some crack. (laughs) (laughs) Zero. I ain't naming no names, but I see homeboy was talking about. I can think of 12 other reasons to go to Oregon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He went there by bus. He took a Greyhound and then he just got off the bus and he was in like Eugene, not even fucking Portland. And he just goes up and he's like, yeah, I just went up there. 
And he told us about this whole ordeal, and he didn't know any of these people. And this chick was like, hey, yo, you a cop. And this, that, and the third. And he's like, no, I'm not. And she's like, grab my tent to prove you ain't a cop. And he's like, what up, And she's like, grab my titties to prove that you ain't a cop. And he did it, and that man got him some Ready Rock. That's wow. it. Wow. Tulu was all gone. But yeah, basically. But, he, but, 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 but I didn't, I knew he was, you know, like I said, I didn't, I never would have assumed this until he told me. And like I said, yeah. I, I kind of assumed it was some circus freak shit. But, yeah. you know, I, you got to appreciate those people. I have heard so many crazy stories just from people in the service industry. And like, and there are a lot of people, you, we kind of talked about the military earlier. There's a lot of people that, yeah, military that, be get, like out that, of, too, yeah. that they get out of the service and they, they, that's, you know, other, unless they were like an officer with like formal training and definitely wanted to go to college or whatever. Like a lot of people end up in service industry in some capacity. And that's actually like one of the characters that, uh, our, well, of our two leads is based on is, is an ex military guy. Mm. And, uh, you know, he had his particular struggles. So how do you write the movie? Like, do you just have the idea and then do you already have the middle? And then is the, the end work itself? Uh, you start this, the middle? We, I, we did this the, the well, opposite he of has what his own, He has, well, well I, I will say he has his own way of writing. Okay. His own methods. Thanks, Fred. Uh, no, no, it's, just, it's all different. Everybody has their own way of writing. I I but that. my way, the right way, is what Fred's <laughs> want to say. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, you know, this, it, is, the, this is the right way. <laughs> I, I do think uh, you're about to, like, the, it, the established consensus is... It proves better when you already know how shit's going to end. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. It just always works better because you can have a good start, and you see it movies that got greenlit and produced and theatrical releases. They start off strong. Mm-hmm. And then they just flop. They just go limp at the end. Okay. You know what I mean? If you want like a solid script, and especially as an independent filmmaker, you know, if your resources are low, you at least have a solid fucking story. Yeah. I think I, I've always okay. believed that. And so if you want and the best conclusion, and I think that's kind of played into it with when we wrote the script was uh, we need to know how this was going to kind of end up or at least a general idea of mm-hmm. who's going to end up this way, who's going to end up that way. Yeah. Okay. We always yeah. had an ending. We just didn't know how to do it. And it's it and it's it's always yeah. you know it's always in and out of its own thing. Um, I, mean, I can't obviously we can't give it away, yeah. right? But yeah. it's always been out of, in and out of one thing. But just how to you know, my biggest concern it, when you when you involve subjects like substance abuse, which is something that like you know we've talked about throughout this entire session, it you really have to figure out the way to deliver your message, but also giving the utmost respect to people who have had struggles that you don't have, even though I think I understand yeah. it. I've never completely understood it from, from the first person perspective. Mm-hmm. So I, I there's no, there's rules that you don't want to break that are real in the sense of like saying something about a subject that you have no like direct experience. In. Yeah. And that's any subject matter you write about. Even yeah. drug addiction, politics, uh, race, you know, whatever, or even just comedy, just basic comedy. Comedy even is kind of like a different uh, issue on its own. It has to be handled a certain way now. Mm-hmm. So you always, basically I found out when I wrote on other projects and I wrote on this one, you got to usually face with three choices on the best way to end something. We can do A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. It's really just how it is. You never really have one surefire one. And you just kind of spitball with that for about a week or so, sleep on it. Because, you know, you never really, it's very rarely you get an idea all in one day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, that's solid. We're going to run with that mm-hmm. and we're going to stick with it. Yeah. You know, it's very seldom. So you Until just, you find that ending, yeah, because that's what happened to us recently. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I guess three months ago. Three we, months, yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes, I mean, Django was, the ending for Django was written on set. Oh, really? You yeah. know, for instance, sometimes it just happens then. Yeah. So it's like, you know, uh, 
So, and that's kind of like what it is. We're in the middle of production and we realize, you know, by the flow of things and how it's going, mm-hmm. what we wrote initially last summer doesn't really flow as well now that we have it's taken wings and we realize, well, we can go a different place with this now. Yeah. Yeah. We have different resources. We've explored certain, uh, you know, nooks and crannies of our character development. And uh, let's go this way. And we found out that, you know, that was way more satisfying. And yeah. Um, yeah. Our characters actually have identities now. And so before yeah. they, I mean, their identities were written um, like subtly. Kind of like caricatures, the that, honestly. Caricatures. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they were actual caricatures. Like that's, yeah. that's, they were, these people in this, in this film are caricatures of people that I've met or engaged with or been closely involved with over the past 12 years in service industry. Right. And, and they're, 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 they're caricatures because they're conglomerates of people that you see all the time. Like everybody has a friend that's like, you are exactly like this one friend I have. And those people, you know, we, you know, everybody is entirely unique and different, but there is like a certain uh, thing that friends or, you know, people share sometimes. And so like, it, you know, you can, you make a conglomerate of those people and then you take that character and then you actually give them a story. And then when you give them the story, they actually do come, come to life. And we've been very blessed. Like one of our best friends, uh, David Peacock, he plays yes. one of the two roles mm-hmm. yeah. and he, and I kind of always expected it. But I didn't realize the gravity of it until we got to see it in actual film. He's an mm-hmm. incredible actor. Yeah, really. And but he hates it. <laughs> he fucking. And hates he, this it. is a lifelong service industry guy too. Back at the house, I think he tried serving and he swore that he'll never do this shit again. Yeah, so he's yeah. like you know true blue. He was good for this part. Um, you know, and I think it was very easy because we worked together at the same restaurant oh, for okay. two years mm-hmm. as well as being friends. We and actually lived at me and him. Uh, lived together in Florida for a little while and in the midst of all that stuff. And like, uh, it's, it's basically he's, he's so, you know, we knew his, uh, if he needed to get into a mode of frustration or aggravation, Hey, just cite this restaurant we worked at. You remember when so-and-so did that, you know, yeah. when you lifted those kegs, when you were bar backing and you destroyed your back for two weeks, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you know, go back to that. So it was really easy. And I think uh, you have somebody who's already a character in their own. I mean, yeah, service great. industry people are already actors. Like that's that's part of yeah. it. That's Mo- part of the at least deal. Most of them I know. You know, some of them really. There's those who really stay tried and true to the paid smile theory. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. after work I'm this person. At work I'm that. And uh, but then there's always the other people yeah. that are that are not the paid smile. They exactly. they really put on airs. They For really sure. they really. And those are the ones. That, and also they work hard too. Like that's part of it too. Like it's always a an ethics thing. Like a work ethic. Absolutely thing. and. I think we got blessed with a pretty good crew of people, you know, what very do you, much. So. What do you do at the movie, right? So basically I do cinematography uh, okay. and some of the editing and then, you know, direction whenever he's uh, got his hands tied. We really do. Nice. We really do flip flop direction. Split, and, and, yeah, and, but split. when it gets into bigger shoots, I kind of take the, the reins while, cause the type of camera work he does takes a lot of effort in far, as far yeah. as setting it up. You know, he doesn't have a team too. And it's, it, this whole thing is, has been a trial of patience too, because we, our crew is maybe three or four people yeah, and we're large. doing, we're doing a feature film. It's an hour 10. Maybe. Oh shit. Oh, change. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was thinking like a short look, you know, like how that's it's something no. like a little short, you know, yeah. like, no, like a story, 15 minutes. Or so. I mean, you could tell a story like this and that, but it wouldn't be the same thing. And right. we, we, and there's a potential that we'll, we'll cut a short version too for, for possible. Oh, when I, when I first pissed it, I was like, Hey, yo, is there any way we could probably squeeze this into 30 minutes? And then we figured, uh, what good would that be? We can't really develop it. Let's have some fun with this. You, yeah. you, but it, yeah. you, because it's a, it's a restaurant. You have, you have at least five characters. 
Well, yeah, like five it, characters, you got to tell the story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it, that. And, th- and we've already agreed that the next movie we make will have will not be about a restaurant. The next one is also going to be a short. It'll be a short, and we're not going to have that many like, actors because it's a, a true pain to to really pull these people together. But all I, of them are very near and dear to me. But like, it isn't. It's so difficult to pull people. Balancing in. the schedules is the hardest part. Yeah, especially with your friends that are in restaurants because. Yeah. Do you never know when someone's yeah, going to get our, off? Our, or, our yeah. cast is probably 17, maybe 20 people total. At least. Not Two, counting uh, not counting extras and shit. Extras, extras and crew, which y'all are always invited if y'all want to play around too. We always feed we wine and wine and dine people throughout. <laughs> let me check yeah. my let me check my calendar. Um I'll, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm playing Madden. <laughs> now um so when's the movie when when are you guys gonna release it? And where is it going to be released? Our production deadline is June first. Our, our 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 I guess it's 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 t- it's a trying area because depending, or we want it to be a festival submission, but at the same time, like we work so much for it, we want the people that are in it to be able to enjoy themselves. So for for intent and purpose, like we there may we, or may not be a private screening. There will be a before. private screening, and it won't be uh, you know a, a, a huge thing if we if we do or don't have it. But a lot of festivals have rules about whether or not it's the, it, it. Sometimes in a festival, what, what you what you give to them as a production has to be um, a, a debut mm-hmm. or like a it, it has to ha- that has to oh, be. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. in order to in order to premiere it, it has to be a premiere. You know, yeah, as we're, right. and, that, and that's how they get their name out there. You know, yeah. yes, uh, these festivals now and but. The ones that we have the most expressed interest for as far as submissions aren't that tight on those regulations, too. Yes, thankfully. Um, but we're also, I mean, we're very excited about it. And in, in, in as far as, like, uh, it being out, as soon as it's, if, if we have to follow the rules and it has to stay private or whatever, as soon as the festival happens, which would be January next year, I think, mm-hmm. if that's the one we go to, or if the one of the two, um, it'll be immediately up. It's, it is anywhere like anywhere that we can get it to that, that'll make it like have the most accessibility, probably Vimeo, YouTube, uh, pretty uh, Vimeo, YouTube film freeway, which is a good, uh, you know, um, there's a bunch of them. I think film picks There's a bunch of really different, uh, platforming sites mm. you can use, uh, to get your films out there and, you yeah. know, and totally free. People can watch it, you know, a long time, you know, it's a gift to the internet. At, yeah. <laughs> At the end you of know. the day, obviously we want to, to, to have, Whatever could come with a production, but the the most important thing is that people see it and see the story. The story is the most important part. Oh, absolutely. But uh, you know, any way that we can enjoy it in, in, for longer and be able to tell stories more is the is the is the goal. But at the end of the day, we really just want people to see it. It, it provides a very interesting perspective on what living in a in in working in restaurants is like. Which you, both of you are so close to to that industry, you really do understand and see. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you practically are industry in a, in a in a certain capacity, and like, I think that like people's it's it's seeing people like people seeing what it's really like when you say certain things to a server and then they get angry yeah. and say certain things to, yeah. a, to oh. a chef or something, the whole dynamic is never seen. And then that's the way a restaurant's built. You're not supposed to see the pain. You know, waiting did it. Good stuff. Yeah. Wait, waiting, waiting tried to do it, you know, yeah, uh, but, but, but waiting it made was, it hateful. I think. Oh yeah. You know, it was, it was very, you know, it was two thousands, very humorous, like some American pie shit. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like, um, you were just laughing through the whole time. You weren't really thinking about, these, what was happening? What yeah. was really happening? You did. You 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 didn't. After watching this, you didn't really see them as like 
I mean, you saw him as people like, oh, I can hang out with these guys, but like, it, you go to O'Charlie's and you didn't, didn't really respect paint, the guy anymore. It didn't paint, it. waiting didn't paint uh, the service industry as actual people. Yeah. yeah that's, were, that's, yeah. that's my beef with the movie. They guys. were just like characters playing funny roles right. in, yeah. inside of Applebee or wherever exactly. the fuck it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, kind of like this, at the end where the guy's like, y'all are dicks. Yeah. He's like, you know, because everybody was just having fun watching it, but then he was the one experiencing all of a sudden. He's like, mm-hmm. this is, this is not fun for me, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good movie though, like you know, for its like for the the uh, the type of movie it was. In its, it its generation. In its too. generation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's no, I don't I don't hate the movie. I just I feel like I feel like there's a way a better way to tell the story. You know, they played it at my work yesterday and they were watching it and I kinda like That is hilarious. I noticed like a uh, a change everybody, in the well, well, everybody was going like, "Oh, that's me," or "That, oh, that's the dishwasher," or that, you know, all that. And there was a lo- there was a lot of that going on. Is that what y'all do when I curse you out about my food? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, I think this was after we were closing. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you we were watching. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't watch it while people were. My favorite thing about that was like that they always. This is not a thing in most restaurants that I've been in, but I've definitely seen it before. But they they do the whole thing, and it's like uh, uh, the the sleazy general manager in the. The, the, the hostess that's maybe 18. Oh, she's like, wow, uh-huh. he looks so much older. Yeah. <laughs> it's super creepy yeah. and it's so gross, but it's a real thing that everybody picks up on in some restaurants. I'll tell you like, what, Ryan Reynolds no, no, no. played that shit really well. I, I agree. He, he played that shit like... Especially that whole scene, that whole scene yeah. where they go and she that, that woman is being an actual bitch. Yeah. And she, and she, and she is like... I. Oh, now I have time to eat my salad, yeah. and and they do that whole thing, and and I, what Dane Cook like puts his dandruff in in her mashed yeah, potatoes yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. is so gross, <laughs> but like but like he took it like a champ, like it like a lot of servers that I've seen do, like I've seen people get bitched down there, like you know what, you're so right, let me take care of this for you, like and that's 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 humbling to see that, and that's that's mm-hmm. a thing that, that you know you know service people go through too, it's it's hilarious though. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to fuck with people that are touching your food. I've no. always, yeah, I've oh, ne- no. you know, I've I've never ever been mean to like a server or bartender or anything because it's like when that food hits when it goes back there, I don't know what the fuck they're doing to it. I'm just gonna, I'm not you know if it's wrong, I'm still gonna eat it. I don't ever say anything usually, man. I'm like, oh fuck it. <laughs> your, <laughs> your GI tract spec is definitely in our hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people get bold with it though, man. Or if you're lucky, it's in our hands. It. Yeah, I saw something one day. It was like reasons to be nice to a server. They're humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have <laughs> yeah. to make all these excuses about how they can <laughs> give you salmonella. Yeah. Did you say salmonella or salmon? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, because they're human. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. So, what's the next project for you guys? So underway, I'm writing one kind of a. It's a. It's basically a crime kind of caper, kind of like if y'all like you know detective kind of movies but it's more of like a crooked cop kind of noir type deal okay and uh it's based off of a story that a friend of ours told me Mm -hmm. about some uh cops who moonlight as loan sharkers oh shit so that's a you know kind of like that right now you know it's a a little it's a short film right now but uh we're gonna start probably working on development when that as soon as we get this wrapped up and uh should we get it's gonna be a much smaller cast Mm -hmm. but we're gonna be reusing some of the old people uh I'm um, planning on probably talking to the uh, guy or Carlos to play as mm-hmm. one of the uh, basically the people getting extorted and, uh, you know, and a bunch of things. So it's in the works right now. Um, I don't really have enough to give you a full scoop on it, but yeah. I can tell you it's going to be way shorter and uh, a little bit darker. 
Mm-hmm. I will say definitely, you know, a little bit darker yeah. with a little more tongue in cheek like, element. Order Fire has these very strong themes, but you get you get a little satisfaction out of its like comedic aspect. It's this, the same thing as restaurants. Like things hurt a lot, but at least we're all here laughing together. Yeah. At like one in the morning. Now, why do you want to make the movie shorter? Is because a lot of work for you? I mean, well, I know because you're by yourself doing the, the cut editing and stuff, right? Right, right. Because well, your bitch ass ain't doing that. He sometimes, he's actually, well, actually. <laughs> Why you got to talk to Nick like that? He's man? the actor. He's an actor. <laughs> but he's, he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is le- thespian. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, like to answer your question, really, um, you know, really just packaging. Also, not only really the time it takes. Yeah. But sometimes you could tell, uh, you know, sometimes if you can't tell the story in a short form, sometimes, you know, it makes some people second guess. But I feel like this could be a story that could be told in a shorter time. Oh, okay. It's more satisfying. Um, I want something that's a little easier on a people's attention span, you know, because if you tell somebody a movie's an hour sometimes versus 30 minutes, well, their opinions might change. Mm. So we're just going to we have this if you want to kick back and watch it. And then this one will be kind of really more fast paced. Right. And, uh, so you're not even going to defend me. I'm going to defend you. <laughs> I've taken part in the but like, and, and also, and also the answer, Nick has, uh, I don't, I don't believe editing. this part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding, man. Um, let the record reflect that Nick has a knife to fridge. That <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, you know, I'll watch four 30 minute episodes of a TV show quicker than I think I watch two hour episodes or a movie that's two hours right yeah, i'm like yeah. oh man you know it's it's kind of like is that what you're going you guys are going well, like so, how much yeah. time you have in your day like i mean like, a lot of people don't have like fred said the attention span and also you can do yeah. a lot more quality product with like a, a smaller film with Absolutely. less people because mm. because then you have time to focus on it you can you can you can really pump something out in like a, in a weekend or a, i mean you know this a week or two yeah. uh but like like uh you know as far as spending you know we've spent we're getting months we're at seven or eight months now that we worked on this uh like getting to the july point would make would mark the year july would have been the year okay Mm. i think we started at the very end of july Mm. and to now that we have our quips about us we're able to like provide content that's differently nuanced and more concentrated on the actual thing instead of being a big production not to devalue order fire because yeah. order fire is intended to be this big like big thing, blast yeah. of information it is versus it's a lot like a, um you know you can you can really do a quality product under 30 minutes and i think also you know to back what you're saying like i said it was uh, you know with this project we know if we can do something that lasts this long mm-hmm. well then it shouldn't be nothing for us to compress it mm. and make something even better than we did even though or just as good or better yeah than the last project and uh, so we feel like you know it'd be a great follow-up for us to uh, i think we have also we've also entertained the idea of keeping them somewhat in the same universe too yeah, that was entertained as well. Yeah, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I mean, there is kind of like I said, there already is a criminal element in Order Five. That's you know that involves you know, um, excuse me, I was kind of far away from that. Um, basically, I said there's already a criminal element. You know, it's kind of like a comedic restaurant film, but uh, through our front of the house manager, uh, it's kind of like uh, a crime movie. It is, and it's yeah, and so you know, and the cops get involved at the end. And so we plan on bringing some of those characters back. In the it's next definitely one. crime adjacent. Crime adjacent, right? And honestly, like the 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 tone is kind of inspired by heist heist esque movies too. Mm. I'd say, 
It's not. It's not entirely. I mean, it's definitely not a restaurant movie uh, in in the definitely the general no description. Yeah. yeah. How much? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to ask this question without asking it. But uh, like, how much does the, the movie cost that you guys are working on right now? Oh, like, how much? I'd say we probably spent overtime. Probably maybe maybe just and this. I'm just throwing this out here. Maybe in the ballpark of like ten thousand. I would Damn, say so. Really? Yeah. That's I'd a lot say, of money, man. Yeah. I'd say <clears throat> about. I comfortably, I would say ten thousand dollars, and, 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 and then and that doesn't count any of the hours y'all put, or I should say, Fred puts into editing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're doing that is y'all doing that is you not paying someone else to do it because yeah. there's you know it probably too much money or I guess right because oh, yeah. I don't know how I'm, I'm assuming that shit's hard right. Some editors charge uh, <clears throat> pretty good fees. Like I said, sometimes like you know hundred an hour. You know, Damn. it varies. It varries, man. And it's like, oh, that's why you them. wanted to borrow the computer that I edit on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I leave my computer at your house for two days, and now Raul is on the other side of town. Like, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, no, man. but like, have you guys reached out to like the Memphis? What is it, Memphis uh, Film? Talk about Andy Memphis? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, like to like or, or for commission. like loan, not like loan, but like uh, a film fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. We tried some of those, and I, I think we we thought about doing that initially, and then you realize the amount of hoops you have to jump through mm. to kind of do with that, and will they pick it up? And also, uh, a lot of those, you know, we wanted to have kind of a free reign in terms of how we wanted this written, and a lot of those, when it comes to these organizations, they do, uh, let's say, uh, it's rather uh, PG-13. Mm. Oh, okay. Like PG-13 kind of projects. Right. We wanted a, you know, well, no holds barred, very creative freedom. To this. Creative yeah. freedom. And you have to kind of compromise I that. guess, yeah, because you're taking their money mm-hmm. and their resources, mm-hmm. so you have to do yeah. their film. Exactly. The way. <laughs> I could have sworn you did that on purpose. No, I didn't. So you have to make the movie they want yeah. uh, with your. Exactly. flick. Yeah, flick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nobody calls it a movie anymore. Yeah, just, they call it a film. It is a film. <laughs> well, so do you think like it's it's one of those things where you have an idea, it's in your head, you take that, put it on paper, and then you actually put it so it's like from uh, concept to creation or content. Is that so gratifying? It is, and yeah. also you don't realize it. it, it the, the the cool thing about creative content is that you will go in with full intent of this idea, but it does become its own thing on its own. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Like the story will tell itself, tell itself the most appropriate way. And so that's kind of been our, you know, our back and forth for a little while. It's like, it, we, we, it's not that we went into it knowing that the story would actually make itself, but also you, you, the, this, this happens all the time in film too. This, the story changes depending on who's depicting the character too. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's where things, and that's the cool thing about film because you can, you have that, uh, that capacity to like change what you want to do. Yeah. Or yeah, not, yeah. What, not what you want to do, but what the thing is going to do itself. And it's sometimes, yeah. And like I said, that's the cool thing I think about this, you know, and it's like, you know, you midway, it can change up, but sometimes that change works for the better or uh, it just adds a new layer of uh, complexity or character yeah. to yeah. that. I mean, and, and yeah. with the characters, like, I mean, about I mean, there's a there's it's easy to say that somewhere in the way of like five or percent of the, the script rewrites we did are 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 things that were pulled in by the actual characters themselves. Yeah, but a lot of it was they had to the fact yeah, like, the actors and everything. And I think that's even in the big industries for you know for a long time that's how it was. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. or if you heard about it, but twenty at least at least twenty thousand dollars was spent on Dennis Hopper's coke habit. 
to keep him interested in acting. Really? Holy because, shit. Yeah, because, yeah, he was going to just walk away because he was going through a drug problem, of course. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. And so, and that kind of added a sense of delirium to it yeah. because you could tell his character is just neurotic. And he <laughs> yeah. wasn't initially written like that, but it added a new layer to it and it made his character way more memorable. Wow. Yeah, but um, we never had to spend $20,000 on blow. Yeah, <laughs> luckily. Um, not M- yet. Much to our displeasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, it. not blow at least, but. We'd um, have this movie done six months ago. Yo, real shit though. <laughs> we would have just, just, just finished it in one night. <laughs> in one night. <laughs> yeah, it's all done, bro. If our hearts could have taken, he, of course. Yeah. And then you see Fred sitting in front of my computer and he's just. <laughs> <laughs> just glossy out. You see the, the shit passing in front of his eyes and it's done. And then, and I don't know, it's just nothing afterwards. We, we are happy that we've been taking our time with it. We are on a timeline now, and we do have a crunch time, and it gives us a lot more inspiration. But we did, if we had to, deadlines set too early, we would have missed out on a lot of stuff to develop the story. Well, also, I think the deadlines honestly wouldn't have amounted really to much because, I mean, like I said, everything was so sporadic. When we first started on this, everybody was still living off the government checks. Mm, yeah. no, you know, nobody was really working. Um, you know, the Pontotoc, the space we were using, they were relatively open. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was still, we still, we had all the time in the world and we didn't realize, oh, eventually, yeah, we, we were, we realized it, but we kind of um, didn't pay attention to the fact that people have to go back to work eventually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this won't sustain. So that kind of pushed things back a little bit. And we had to kind of re-strategize and say, okay, now that everybody's back to their jobs, we need to reallocate it to smaller shoots, mm. things like that, you know? Um, so... And I think we kept a good job because we were filming at least once or twice a week when we first started. We did. That was, yeah. That's that's the place that I don't get it back to. You but it, it's it it became hard because uh, don't do it. That's a room for a joke if anyone wants to take it. But uh, it, it it got difficult uh, as soon as things started reopening, and we slowly found out over the course of three months that it was not the right time to reopen restaurants necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because half the restaurants that got to reopen struggled in the you know the 11th hour and then uh, you know we all know this we've seen so many restaurants close their doors permanently just because of this whole thing oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah quite a handful of them and it's i mean it's 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 a whole thing that we haven't given it the pandemic angle but that's just not the way the thing is written yeah. and also like you know if if it's out at the right time people get to have that sort of um restaurant experience in a way they didn't understand while they're sitting at home uh, not in public without their masks under their mm-hmm. nose and so on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I was watching some guy's Instagram story and he was showing the old clips from like his club days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, everybody's all touching each other yeah. and doing all wild shit. And it's like, fuck, that's like maybe a, a distant memory. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like we talked about the last podcast too. When I would talk about, we go bowling Right, you put your hand in that nasty ass yeah. ball. You don't think about it. You never thought about it, and you go grab your pizza right after you get yeah. done. Right, you eat. Ooh. You never thought about it. Two things are happening. A, I'm going to use a lot of hand sanitizer next time yeah. I go bowling because I'm going to eat the pizza. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like that. And Yo, eating facts. the pizza is definitely yeah. That's just what's going to happen. But like we never thought about that stuff. It was never an it's, issue. It's yeah. It's it's everything's so gross now, dude. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> so gross. Yeah, that's really it's, like after I got COVID, I I. I I, I would shake someone's hand or something, right? And then I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to wash my hands like this. I don't do it as much. I don't do it near as much as I was after that, you know? But, like, I was like, okay. Yeah. So we're touching many years. I'm like, oh. oh, oh yeah. I don't have any hands. I have to be our back. Like, kind of like shit. You know, before, 
Never thought about that. Mm-hmm. The the bowling balls thing is a special one too because people drink there. I mean, you got to wipe your ass at some point. Bowling ball, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Bowling alleys are probably one of the most dirty. I mean, they smell dirty. Of. They smell <laughs> dirty. Yeah. And we all wear the same shoes that our belts get wears. I yeah. wonder how they're doing that right now. With, they are doing it. Yeah, because you I know mean, Billy Har- uh, Billy Hargs is open. I saw yeah. shitload of cars there the other day. That uh, place is legit, though. Yeah, not like hygienically necessarily. <laughs> yeah, but like but, I mean, fun. I, I, yeah, 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 I fucking yeah. love that place. Because you guys live around here, right? I live right up the street. Yeah, I was yeah. in yeah. town, but I'm, I'm oh, in okay. You know when you said that you live a block from from Johnny on Austin? Yeah, we live an actual block from Johnny. Okay, like we'll see each other walk and shit sometimes. I got you. What else you guys want to talk about? Because. I don't have much. My my notes are done. I think we've had a lot of great, great yeah, conversations. Yeah, a lot of definitely. I would say um, if you want to throw if you want to throw our tags out there, we're yeah, gonna, yeah. We're, 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 um, our goal is to put out. Uh, and we're working on another project right now, just like some uh, yeah. music video work. Um, but we are. Oh, I, I'm gonna when, as soon as I get my computer back from Fred, <laughs> I, I've, I've got a couple edits to make on a trailer that I've been working on. So you can uh, anybody that wants to know can find it. Um, we'll call it by Monday. Yeah, we'll call it like uh, uh, Tuesday. 12 a.m. We'll have uh, a trailer up yep. on our Instagram mm-hmm. and, and which maybe, is which is GOTM Media 901. GOT Media 901. GOTM Media. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Golf on the Moon Media. GOTM Media 901. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that's gonna be on Monday. Yeah. You can have that ready on Monday. Yeah. Awesome. And this podcast will be released on Friday. Yeah. Friday. Sick. Okay. So it'll already be out. Yeah. yeah. That'd be dope. Maybe we nice. do it at the same time. Share the shine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it'll be Monday. So we usually we, we do the outro with like a, you know, your advice for people. Sure. What is advice, some advice that you guys would have for people? Uh, hmm. It could be anything. You know, don't eat yellow snow or whatever. Right? Okay. I would say, I would say if, uh, if you have strong opinions about people whose lives don't involve yours and you're very vocal about it don't work for disney yeah or just say you have cte yeah yeah and uh yeah man advice stay motivated it's a hard time right now yeah stay motivated definitely stay up um and uh you know be versatile definitely learn different you know learn new things definitely you know i think uh you know they say sometimes winners don't quit and uh, sometimes you just got to quit things and move on to the next one. And that's kind of okay. like how I did. You know, we tried music first and we figured that didn't working. And this has been working out for us. And so, I mean, to anybody who feels like it, just reassess your situations, man. And uh, this is the time basically to uh, just, you know, reorganize. Just take this time yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Protect. You got plenty of time. Protect your peace. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Sonny? Go. What's your? Oh, you, I go first. Okay, mine is. I saw this meme this morning, and it shows um, like Apple when it first started, yeah, and that what it looks like now, and then uh, Amazon and Google, right, right, and he's got what's new and what do they look like now, right, uh-huh. and I was like, and then you got regular people that work for these companies, like you would work there or I would work whatever, but they we never. We never want to. We always helping these companies get bigger and better, involving right. Right. But we never help our. We never. We never help ourselves. Yeah. Get better. So maybe we need to start right. focusing. We need to start focusing on that more as, as individuals instead of helping the company get bigger. We should help ourselves become better and bigger. 100%. Right. It's like because, like Jet Li said, the company you work for has your replacement. When you die, if you die at your job or whatever, mm-hmm. your company is going to replace you in 48 hours oh, yeah. tops or something like that, or 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Or shit, there's probably people working at that company now that 
Fill your spot. Fill your spot right yeah. away. They just mm-hmm. move right into your office, right? Like nothing even happened. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my advice for this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, take a time for yourself. Straight yeah, on. that's good. Hell yeah, y'all. Yeah. What about you, Tony? I don't have anything today. Do I? Am I to refer to you as Lanier? I apologize. No, no, no. no, no it's whatever. No. They're Dickhead. All, they're all my names. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the socials for y'all again? It's uh, on on Instagram. It's at GOTM Media Nine Hundred One. Yeah. Okay, yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. And it's what's the movie called? Or the Order film? Fire. What's the film? The, the film itself yeah, is called. You said Order Fire. Uh, Order Fire. Yeah. It's Order a working Fire. title. We're probably going to stick with it though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We like it. I like it, man. Uh, for nice. anybody that doesn't know the phrase Order Fire, Order Fire is a uh, back of house term when you receive a ticket. If the if the first few items aren't coursed, it's assumed that it's Order Fire right off the bat. Order Fire meaning like oh. it, Order Fire is I mean, on the fly, basically. On the not on the fly necessarily. Just if if it doesn't have you know. Uh, direct instructions. If if it's order fire, it means go ahead and do it right now. Which is kind of the theme too. Like, oh, we could do this in two weeks. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it right now. My guy, why are you touching my girlfriend like that? He's been. Doing <laughs> it. I saw it. I was like, I've been I've been watching that happen for about seven minutes. <laughs> At some point in time, it was even creepier because he was like. <laughs> She's but, community property. But all right, guys. We really appreciate y'all coming on, taking y'all's time to come here. Today. Oh, dude. No, thanks, thanks for having us. Having we us, had dude. a great time. This is even yeah. more fun than I expected. Yeah, awesome. this is great. Yeah. All right. We love you lots. Bye. 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 Bye.